mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my fellow Westorians. It is Saturday. We are here to discuss the upcoming penultimate. I love that word, penultimate. It sounds so Same. badass, doesn't it? It's so mm. powerful. Penultimate. It sounds more ultimate than ultimate does. It kind of does because it's bigger, right? It's like it's not only ultimate, but you had to write it down with a pen. <laughs> iron rod size (laughs) (laughs) as usual we gather on saturday to make predictions to talk about things we missed on monday maybe things from the interviews and behind the scenes almost anything goes anything other than leaks we'll talk about what we saw in the trailers what we know is probably coming from fire and blood we'll go always gotta throw that probably in there because it's you know sometimes it surprises us and with us today to discuss this which figures to be a pretty exciting episode. The Green Council. Girls Gone Cannon. Welcome to the show. How are y'all doing? Hey, guys. Hello. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us back. Yeah. Look at this. We're good. We're excited. If you can't see, Chloe and Eliana are in the same location right now, <laughs> which is very exciting to me personally. That is right. It's important. We're holding a war council. You know, <laughs> some big things are happening while the Green Council is about to go down. We said, yeah. no, no way. No, we hold our own Black Council, personally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can see Chloe's in her Team Rhaenyra. Yeah, the San Rhaenyra. of it all. Team Rhaenyra yep. uh, tank top. So. She almost wore a green sweater. We were like, that's a little gauche, isn't it? <laughs> it was that's... like too warm outside is mostly what it was. I was like, because I was like, oh, it's October. It's like <laughs> autumn. And then I like set that outside. I was like, absolutely not. It is. I will die. Yeah, <laughs> I will too be like hot. the strongs cooking. Yeah, you can tell. I'm playing God. both sides here because I've got my Tark finery on, but I've got a splash of green. That's true. Both, yes. both ways. Yes. And I'm just okay. uh, wearing a Kingsguard shirt because Boo, you know, no. hey, all the Kingsguard, <laughs> no, including the yay. ones who support yay Eric. Yeah. Boo Eric and yay Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we knew we'd talk about the Kingsguard a good bit today. The tra- they're all over the trailers, Eric True. and Arik especially, but yeah, also Kristen's in there and a little bit of Harold Westerling, maybe some other folks. The Kingsguard have been gaining a little more prominence, which makes sense because they're about to split, and we need to know who's who, especially the ones who look exactly <laughs> like each other, minus a slight mustache feature that helps tell them apart yes mustache twirling villain or mustache twirling good guy uh depending on your orientation uh, Gra- blacks versus green i almost said yeah. grax i always said we combine blacks <laughs> to greens into one thing and i almost just said it by accident that's like the ultimate ship name it's when you ship every like person on the black side with the, their corresponding person on the green side like you ship Otto <laughs> yeah. and damon and alicet and rainier like if you're you're a full-on grack yeah. shipper the grack shipper <laughs> yeah i was gonna say we call that grack shipping where i'm from <laughs> So over there on Girls Gone Cannon, you all have both barrels loaded. You're not just covering the show, but you're continuing your reread at during the season, which oh, is yeah. uh, that is great. We we're we're proud of you for keeping up that Dang, schedule. So that's tired. that's not hard. that's not easy to do. That's a lot of work. So tell us what you're what you're doing right now specifically. 
Yeah, so we regularly, uh, not just House of the Dragon, we are doing a House of the Dragon episode every Tuesday morning. We put those out. Uh, sometimes it might be a little later in the morning, depending on how late and long the episode goes. Asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> all spoilers, though. And Eliana, do you want to speak to why we do all spoilers for our weekly House of the Dragon episodes? Yeah, there's a couple of reasons, right? Uh, so we have covered the Dance of the Dragons before, like... Um, in our Patreon episodes, and we love the dance. Like we, we love this storyline in general. It was the one that uh, I wanted to see adapted, and I feel I'm I'm really pleased. I'm so happy. Everything's going amazing. But we want to be able to discuss the story in full. Um, and also, it's like you're talking about like work. It's a lot of work to think about. Like, can I say this? Can I not say this? <laughs> and like it's keeping true. things like non-spoilery, but also we wanted to make sure that like because we love this we want to make sure that we're still like having fun with it right yeah. and and it's important to us to to approach it the way that we want and that's why we picked the spoiler episode to talk yeah. about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things with you yeah but we have been watching uh your your first reviews you know oh, and keeping those thanks. so limited with sean those are those are very interesting and they kind of tell us they're like oh this is what the people think <laughs> like that aren't us that aren't weirdos that are reading fire and blood every other day uh Otherwise, normally we're doing a, a Song of Ice and Fire reread POV by POV characters. So we start with one character and we only go through their chapters. And we have had a Shea on in the past for a Sansa episode, Hell yeah. as well as for some bonus episodes we've done at Patreon. Aziz, you're next, just so you know. Oh. We have plans for you. Oh. Yeah, All right. but we, we can't tell you when. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The reading order is very secret. It's very secret <laughs> and safe for yes. the most part but right now we're on brand and we are just wrapping up a game of thrones we just had an episode with manu over it from not a cast nice really fun episode for brand six so brand seven and then we're on to clash oh things get a little more magical then huh <laughs> oh yeah. yeah that's cool yeah brand chapter is really good to read all the way through especially after uh some of the things that may or may not be telegraph to us from the show <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like some povs probably benefit more than others from reading them in that way and i feel like bran is probably top of the pile for which yeah. one like does the most justice to his i mean it's so separated um throughout yeah, the book. that's a great point mm -hmm. yeah that's right true. on yeah so definitely check out girls gone canon y'all if you haven't already i know a lot of y'all yeah. are already regular listeners but the rest of you what are you waiting for you can certainly check us out after this. If you're not catching it live on YouTube, you can find the replay also on YouTube or on Spotify. Yes, they have videos these days on Spotify. Podcast versions anywhere you get podcasts. Also Spotify, Amazon Music, or Google Play, or iTunes. All the usual spots. Super chat from Karina Strick from New Zealand says, All my favorites together. Very cool. All right. That, What's this? We're, uh, we're so happy to be your favorite. Theory you mentioned here. A theory? Yeah. Oh. Karina's hat. She... Corinna has this awesome theory they sent us about Helena that the reason in Fire and Blood possibly and what they might adapt for TV that Helena chooses the younger son is that she might, with her dragon dreaming, already know mm. about her son's death and trying to trick the trick the fates. Wow. And that was so that email for that blood we got. And cheese, yeah. yeah, for blood and cheese. That uh that email really changed my life. Mm. I think about it every day. Every those, day. Well it sounds like you're trying to trick the fates, but you just can't. Uh, you, no in doing that, yeah. you make it happen. It just shows that old <laughs> yeah, lesson. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that is a really good take because we've been wondering all season long, well not all season long, the moment we thought realized that she's probably a dragon dreamer, we were wondering if she would dream of blood and cheese in some way or another. And that's a really good take. Yeah. I mean it's tragic as hell but it's it's very insightful let's yeah. put it that way <laughs> yeah 
Glad to have Corinna here. Yep, yep. All thankful for all of our listeners, even uh, especially when when they bring great ideas like that. <laughs> yeah, you're like even that one. Yeah, <laughs> even that sad one. No, <laughs> especially that sad one. Yeah. Where are you going with that? <laughs> Marley sends a super chat says, how do you think Corlys will feel about the murder of his brother? And do you think he and his mm. wife will ever learn the truth about their son, Lenor? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because he doesn't really have a reaction in fire and blood to it either. Like he's sick his cousin it. there. Technically. It is. You're so right. It's a little bit less intense. That's true. But he, but also his cousins have their tongues pulled. Like a lot of Valarians are impacted by this and there's never like yeah. a on page reaction. So they definitely have a lot to play with. So I'm curious what y'all think. Any, any takes on on what you might think he's going to do? I mean, I think he's going to just have to go with it. Like, well, that my brother did did bad things and paid the price. <laughs> I, I just couldn't. I feel like he'll be like, my brother is dead and the king, he died under his dead too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's at fault here? But I don't know. Maybe he'll be mad at Damon. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because um, we are getting so much of Corlys as this really complex character in the show. And I think it might be one of those things where perhaps he, we, we see it, he's like a very shrewd like negotiator, right? It's something where um, he might use that as something of a bargaining chip oh. when they start forming um, the Black Council. Like we saw that he like kind of withheld and was like, all right, so um, sure, I'll, let Le- I'll wed Lenor to Rhaenyra, but the kids have to be Valerians, mm-hmm. right? And so we see like a mix of um, his ambition. And I think we'll see that will be a big motivator for why he's still like, pairs with them but i'm wondering what he'll ask for that's a good point. yeah you see rainy's upholding what she thinks would be her husband's wishes and what she knows to be his wishes in the last episode and i found that really interesting because you see that those aren't what she wants that's not at all what she wanted she could have pushed what she wanted he's not home right now he left her to go fight in the stepstones mm-hmm. uh they're, they're estranged Right now, seems like right. It, yeah. We saw her with taking those rings off. I mean, they're strange. They are not happy with one another. Probably right now, they uh, have a lot of grief in their life. So, yeah. I think it was interesting that she upheld what she thought was his wishes because he, whether he wants to admit the bastardry or not of these boys, he's more concerned with legacy than he is with the the color and thickness of their blood. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah very well said. I think that he's probably gonna like Eliana said, find a way to profit from this to like, yes, yeah, so, well, I'm not going to, since it's not enough for me to switch sides, well, let me get some payback. <laughs> like I, he may not, yeah. he even said, we, if we recall episode three, when Vaymond was fomenting uh, rebellion or mutiny, mm-hmm. Corley's called him out for that. Look, you might brother know if you go against us like this, then, and he kind of left dot, 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 you know, he didn't really say, but I guess this is kind of, that dot 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 this is what, what happens <laughs> yeah so it's also it's, sorry go ahead oh no i was just gonna ask a follow-up question for both of you which is i've been asking all our guests do you think a corlys and rainies will find out that Lenor's alive and do you think b that we'll see Lenor again two different questions as part of mora's question there I don't know. To an extent, I'm here for the ride. Like, I I personally don't think... If anyone finds out, it could be Corley's. I don't think Rennie's lives long enough yeah. for her to, to find out. Yeah. And I think, you know, we were talking about tragedy. That's part of it. Um, there's also, I think, a much more strained relationship between Corley's and Lenor, which could make it more interesting if he's the one who finds out, right? Because oh. Corley's... Um, 
kind of pushes Lenor right into this marriage and also didn't want to see his son for who he was. That's true. Um, we yeah. kind of went back and forth on the cast this week about it, and we spawned a little tinfoil that since we know he went east and disappeared to go fight, right, and to go live a life, right, to live. What if, and I don't think this is going to happen at all, but what if Corley's, like, accidentally tragically they you know die he kills him in the stepstones fighting well i don't think it's gonna happen but what if bail the bard in probably not or something yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. Like if that something was, really tragic yeah i feel like if that had happened we would have seen it wow. whereas i'm still yeah. hoping that maybe he did in the stepstones run into Lenor and that he's gonna wake so. up and like be like well i also saw my son or that seems a little a, a little contrived, perhaps, but I really just want mm -hmm. Coralise and Rainey's to, or at least I, I want them to know that he's alive very much. So, had to get your take on that. I too. hope she gets to learn it before she dies. Yeah. That would be mm -hmm. nice because, uh, especially with some of the stuff in the last episode that about the stranger and taking everything from her and how she's fearless, how she faces her own death. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, I do think, too, I, I personally, I think it'll realistically be an off-screen event and maybe we'll just see sea smoke rise up in despair just like how Dreamfire mm. was said to after mm. helena goes you know mm. and we'll, it'll just be mournful maybe you'll hear it on driftmark and in one-off scene yeah. and you'll just know that's what it and means. then they'll be like okay now we can find a new writer for him anyone know an adam i'll say it again here that i do have my uh, my hopes up that i they just really set up Recalio Rendoon to me with with Lenor yes. bringing up yes. Recalio. I really think there's a, yes. a chance to me that they want a, a man on the ground perspective of meeting Recalio, oh, and we see Lenor meet Recalio, which deals a lot with like queerness and like because like I think it really yeah. plays mm -hmm. well into like Lenor and Carl as characters. So I've gone on about that in the podcast before, but that's really what I'm always I'm trying to get people to be like, yeah, I do think we'll see Lenor with Recalio because that's what I want. I, I'm I mean, now I love it. Yeah, I'm like, obsessed with this. I really want. Yeah, it. I think I remember you. Yeah, discussing. I've that been I've absolutely. been pushing it a bunch. I'm like I'm trying I'm trying to yeah. manifest it. I'm like if they didn't plan it, maybe they'll like. Hear about it. Hear about it. Like, it. Like, That's a great like, idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, how does What's their yeah. ship name? Yeah, yeah, right? Oh, Recallinor. Recallinor. Lane Doom. It's a polyamorous thing. You got to throw Carl in there, too. Recallinor. Recallio. Recallinor. This is too hard. Grack shipping. Grack Well, bringing it back to this episode, it looks like. Either the entire episode or almost the entire episode will take place in King's Landing, but not just the Red Keep, which is often what that effectively means, at least in this show, but also in yeah. the first run. A lot of times King's Landing means the Red Keep, but we're going to get alleys and streets, some some sort of underground fighting pit, I guess, the Dragon Pit, so a couple of pits, and the Grand Sept and other places, maybe some bar or tavern that looks like Mazaria is, is in. Anyway, real quick, a few things from last time. Some foreshadowing, some little wink wink moments that, that are, that we can't talk about on Mondays. Rainier is saying, I'll return on Dragonback, saying I'll be back. You know, I'm coming back to hang out, but no, she's not coming back to just to hang out next time on Dragonback, is she? <laughs> no. Mm -mm. Nope. <laughs> not one bit. Uh, it's honestly, I really found that so sad too. Yeah. Like so sweet and bittersweet. Like, I'll come back. And it's interesting politically, right? That she's like, no, I will not be bringing my children back because this is a viper's pit, but I personally will come back for my father 
and for yeah. you and the love I once bore for you and the love I bear for him. I will come back for that. And yeah. it's not going to be with love when she <laughs> yeah. returns, probably. Yeah. And I, I guess this is how they're doing the timing, which is it was clever. Like, I, I, we'll talk about the potential impact on her pregnancy a little later, but the idea that this has just happened right when she leaves. So it's it's not, uh, it is a coincidence. It's not engineered. There's no poison, as mm-hmm. is suggested in Fire and Blood. It's just a good luck for the Greens, I guess, <laughs> in terms of their timing and, and how it all worked out. Um, yeah. We got a little God's eye foreshadowing there, didn't we? With Damon and Eamon yeah. staring at each other for a minute there. <laughs> or just general God, Damon, love- Eamon, not just the God's eye, but... <laughs> I love all the Eminem memes that are coming out of <laughs> Slim Shady. Like that one, and then like the stand one that a uh, uh, gray this gray area also like posted. They're all so hilarious. Yeah. It does. It, it's an endless amount of comedy, despite the the insane amount of tension yeah. between these characters. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like how they're doing it. Both both actors are really well cast. I think I think we're in for a treat, despite how gruesome. It's oh my gosh. Go. <laughs> nephews <laughs> uh, i was in love as soon as that happened i was like this is my new family like i i did it's funny because in our we had a primer series unleash the d uh, when eliana was out of town this summer that i did where i just had friends on to hang out and chat about the upcoming house of the dragon and fire and blood and what they're looking forward to and one of the episodes we joked I was going to become a big Eamon oh fan God. and it was really it was a joke like I never <laughs> saw myself becoming an Eamon fan and now I'm a complete Eamon fan yeah, I'm no, like I mean, so much, it's he's a blast he's so villainous he's so and comical and yeah. uh I, but you can also at the same time kind of see why he is the way he is we uh, young Eamon yeah. Leo he did such a great yeah, job so and great. now Ewan is doing an awesome job too yeah I think you um, see this like this emotional core to him too which is I think what's crucial when it comes to Damon for me as well which is that yeah they are these like anime villain as people say type characters where they, they seem so over the top but you still see like a, a gooey soft core within them when with seeing young Eamon and his relationship with his mother or seeing Damon and his relationship with Viserys there's there's still some some depth to them you see like history repeating itself too of course yeah. which we're always keen to point out with <laughs> the Eamon's yeah. the second son his brothers maybe not well and this it's a lot more apparent that this brother's not cut out to be king uh-uh. And they need some help, <laughs> but similar yeah. kind of circumstances uh, in that mm-hmm. sense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next point here. Uh, the Helena prophecy, beware the beast beneath the boards. At the time we recorded, we didn't really know what that meant. No one really seemed to. Now there's been some time has passed. There's a few ideas that come out. I'll ask if you guys have a different idea. But the best theory I've heard to, to this point is that it's a reference to the scorpion bolt that will shoot down Vermax and thus kill Jace, which the scorpion hmm. being the shipboards, you know, the board, the planks on a ship. Oh. And she's saying it right near Jace. Apparently, it's, it's if I remember correctly, it's right after Jace's toast, too. And pretty much everything she's said has been some kind of warning about violence coming. At least it seems that way. And... Um, well, first of all, what do y'all think of that idea of being the scorpion? Does that register I with you? I love that. That's yeah. horrible. Yeah. yeah. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. How could you kill Rob Stark in front of me like, I mean, Jace in front of me like this? I can't do this a second time. Um, oh my gosh. That does make sense because I was thinking boards, ship, ship boards, and that was kind of, we, we weren't sure on this one. Yeah. Uh, we've had a couple thoughts on the other ones that we kind of understood, I think, or we kind of were tying some things together. One of our patrons 
uh, they they said something about how the the sideboard that has bread and salt on it mm. and almost like guest right and kind of had the idea of the beast beneath the boards being storm's end and guest right which i like that too but i really like this scorpion theory uh that all three dreams are kind of bug oriented that's smart yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. shout out to christina k for that one the bug oriented and which leads me to thinking maybe there'll be a connection with the white worm you know, with her oh, or or really Larry Strong, who's got firefly, his Firefly. Yeah. So there's these like bug yeah. things around that maybe that's what we should be thinking about. Uh, oh. oh, get those bugs, cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something to think about for sure. Yeah. So millipede, spider, scorpion, maybe worm, maybe firefly. Things are coming. So uh, I'm definitely on the lookout for what Helene's going to say today. I'm, I'm thinking we won't get anything from her on the following week because that might be very Dragonstone focused. We may not even see her, but yeah, it's very interesting what yeah. they've done with her. Yeah, we will see at least a little bit of her um, in this episode as we see where we'll have that still of her um, doing needlepoint. So. There's definitely things she could comment on that are coming. Yeah. So. <laughs> I kind of love that it seems to be bottle episodes, right? Like, mm-hmm. hope, maybe, I'm not sure on the finale, but this one obviously seems to be bottle episode, one location, one place, one mm-hmm. setting, Hang's Landing and Red Keep, et cetera, in totality. But then I'm wondering if the last episode will be bottle episode at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In comparison. Yeah, the, next, the, the finale is the Black Cal- uh, the black Queen. Yeah. Um, so you, so yeah. it could Green just episode, be- Black yeah. episode. Yeah, sounds like it. It yeah. sounds like what they're setting up, certainly. And I wonder if that's something that they'll do... In future seasons, if like that'll be pretty standard, like obviously Game of Thrones, they did do that on occasion where everything is set in one locale, and sometimes that just happened where we we weren't in Essos at all that episode, but we were still jumping mm-hmm. around Westeros because we we weren't in we, there was no Danny or something. So I'm curious, yeah, who will be our who, who will be focused on the most? I suppose in season two, like who will we always see every episode, if mm. anyone? I guess I wonder what interesting. any any quick thoughts on what she might be needle pointing there. I'm thinking just something in memory of her her father. That seems like a pretty oh, straightforward. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm like, maybe she's taken to put her prophecies in needle instead. Ooh. Oh, you know? oh, oh maybe she's a uh, method needle pointing. Yeah. You know, kind of yeah. like a, reminds me of Heroes uh, with what's his face with the paintings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that character's name. Yeah, Isaac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaac. Oh, Isaac, the binding. Anyways, yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, prophecy and painting or paint by numbers by prophecy. I don't know. Everyone has a hobby, you know, like they, that's how they're thinking about it. Right. Yeah, like I was, Damon. I mean, well, the series, right. They, they, they're putting a lot of thought of like, what do these people like to do in their spare time? And yeah. so is like needlepoint one of her hobbies also okay, yeah, that, just yeah. making like her bug fan art. Yeah. yeah I'm picturing that Allison's like, oh, oh, thank God that I've managed to move her to a more normal hobby. She's not messing with her bugs anymore. She's just doing needlepoint. Of bugs. Yeah. She's yeah, needlepoint. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is, this is definitely like, a Step up from <laughs> reminds me of yeah. some of that embroidery from uh the main series from game oh, yeah. of thrones that was done yeah. cersei had a lot of those crazy kind of bug or birds applique oh. and other characters had bugs that were applique sansa had dragonflies at one point that were super applique maybe she's making bugs to put on her dresses nice. she's like mom said i can't have bugs anymore because i have to be a queen now she's <laughs> making patches i know right she's actually queen i wonder if that how that how's that weighing on her what she's thinking about that you know like Aegon doesn't yeah, want it but yeah. i doubt she does either yeah, is, she gonna get a, is she gonna get a nice crown too we're gonna see her all dressed up in yeah, some yeah. finer gotta, she gets to be oh, coroned as well yeah. you know? <laughs> i love her so much yeah. 
She 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 must be protected at all costs. I'm I'm afraid uh, we can't afford that yeah. cost though. <laughs> it's a fixed timeline, my friend. Yes. Unless they laner her. Yeah, but. Hey, you never know. Yeah. She's Helaner. Yeah. Uh, I mean Yeah, like right, because there's like the the they I guess they could, but it does lead to riots because everyone, because everyone, literally everyone loves Helena, even the small folks. They kind of already yeah. foreshadowed it, like, you know, with Allison dang, ban, uh, you know. By the window. What's yes. that word where you bounce on a baby? Dan, dandling? Dang, what is that word? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know baby stuff. <laughs> no one sorry, here has a baby. Yeah. yeah. Just support baby. the neck. That's yeah, what I know. Support the neck. So, yeah. I'm thinking of like those CPR videos. Oh with, like, and they're like, baby, baby, are you okay? And I'm like, the baby cannot speak. <laughs> I don't know if you watch those videos, like in your health classes, like baby, baby, are you okay? Are you asking a with baby to doll? converse with you? Yeah. And the baby's supposed to be choking, maybe. <laughs> I'm worried this about is you. Well, this is, I, everyone should I be, be worried concerned. that I clearly did not internalize CPR. I would be worried if the baby goes, yes. I'm yeah, fine. then you really right. should worry. Yes, I'm fine. Stop banging on my back. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, that's that's what Helena was doing back then already. She was already doing that at that age. I did wonder someone did actually have a, a clever idea there that the reason Helena was a troublesome baby was because she's having dreams already at oh. which is sad but fitting, you know. Uh. I mean babies are already you know, apparently they sleep when they want and uh, but hey, it fits, it fits. So let's have a quote from the books here to mark the spot where Viserys dies. It's uh, Shay, you want to read this? Yeah. Then Viserys of House Targaryen, the first of his name, king of the Andals, the Roinar, and the first men, lord of the seven kingdoms, and protector of the realm, closed his eyes and went to sleep. He never woke. He was 52 years old and had reigned over most of Westeros for 26 years. Then the storm broke. And the dragons danced. So we got the storm in the show. They included the storm. That was cool of them to have the rain building yeah, throughout the right. episode. And unfortunately, we didn't get the kids coming to talk to Viserys. Instead, we had Allison, which was still a good scene. But I think some of us were kind of hoping we'd get that Helena with the kids as his final moment. I was just really hoping for a scene with Viserys and his green children, I think. His like any scene. Yeah. Any, you know, uh, well, his, other, his regular other kids. Grandkids, yeah. Not his I, I oh, mean, yeah, his the grandkids would be cool, too. But just okay. his kids. We didn't even get a real scene with Viserys and Helena or Viserys. And, none of them, really. That's true. Like, a little mm -hmm. bit with Viserys and Aegon. Yeah, you know. Dandel, that's, that's the word. He said literally, okay, you got it. <laughs> he literally said, "My only child," and it was like, "Dang, the series." Yeah, <laughs> you got like three other kids right there, green kids. And <laughs> he said, other, "My only yeah, child." Like, Dude, you are wow. Yeah, sorry, man. But also, when I was rereading like those scenes, I was like, maybe it's a good thing because, like, in the book. Um, I was like, it's honestly amazing Maelor makes it to the age he does because Viserys gives his little pearl ring to toddler Maelor. And I'm like, this is a fucking choking house. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't give a little kid uh, a pearl he doesn't, ring. He doesn't care about those kids either. <laughs> so, <laughs> Screw those kids. So you all have added some great notes here. And I appreciate the, uh, the type of notes here because this is a long running weakness of mine that I've pointed out a few times is I don't know Shakespeare hardly at all. And it's funny, the other day I was thinking about tweeting, I don't know what Shakespearean means. I use the word because it's got a context. It's like, <laughs> to me, it's like tragic, but high quality. That's like as far as I can go with the definition. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. Shakespearean. Sure. And I just been kind of realized, like, I need to like own up to the fact that I'm kind of just using this word. 
because I get the gist, but I don't really know what it means. So I'll just send you this file. Yeah, so you this um (laughs) AC Bradley's book, Shakespearean Tragedy, and you can read it. So like people were talking we did this we did this tribute to Viserys and like all throughout the season and before the season, people like, Oh, his performance is so Shakespearean. Patty Considine pulled off this Viserys this Shakespearean portrayal of Viserys. I'm like, "Uh sure. Yeah, yeah. uh, Yes. So, speak to us about this. So, you all take it away for a minute here uh, on this, this, these notes you've added and how this applies and maybe uh, add some, some real (laughs) thought to this rather than my dancing around it for, for a long time. Dancing? Dancing. Uh Uh At least the dance. I I was in the right right vibe, at least. Um, yeah, we didn't have to. I, I kind of put this here just in case because I know that there's a lot of discussion as to, um, you know, that last scene, right? Like, and and the miscommunication that occurs between Allison and Viserys, um, and people talk about how Patty Considine Considine um, did, like, as you said, a Shakespearean performance. It's something that George has been uh, very uh, clear to say, like when he's discussing Patty's performance and. While I do have, like, you know, I, I want to see how things shake out first, right? Um, shake before out. I, like, shake say, out. oh, oh <laughs> I didn't even mean that one. <sighs> shake Look your spear. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is what's going to happen probably next week. There's but I want to see how that <laughs> yeah, goes before I, like, pass too much judgment on the, you know, usage of the prophecy and that miscommunication. It's a huge, like, very soap opera-y turn. But at the same time, Shakespeare was very much the soap operas of his time, hmm. right? Like it was everyone came together to watch these these performances because also we didn't have television. Mm. Uh, so um, it was, uh, these were the kinds of stories that uh, people would go to. And Shakespearean tragedy has a lot of like different elements that define it and that also differentiate it from things like Greek tragedy. All of these have their own different like um, aspects but when we're talking about tragedy, it's not just something that's sad. Uh, Shakespearean tragedy is mostly uh, interested in the the sort of downfall of someone of very high, great stature, people who, um, and great being like, you know, like these larger than life kind of characters. Mm. And there are a couple of different elements that lead to that tragedy, but ultimately it is about them being conflicted, right? And we see that Patty has really brought that to his performance of a series, someone who is very loving, but also um, deeply flawed, right? Mm-hmm. He's not a strong ruler and he's, he's, he's stricken with grief as he, uh, as Patty has, uh, on a first name basis, um, <laughs> yeah. revealed in his interviews. Later, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in regards to um, this last scene, whether or not you like the way that it goes, that miscommunication, I think that after seeing the behind the scenes right after the episode and them talking about this being something that they felt was a decision to make the series and that scene tragic, right? And again, speaking about it within the formal confines of the Shakespearean tragedy genre, it is a well done or well executed uh, way of doing that genre, mm. which um, a big part of Shakespearean tragedy involves um, something called an influential accident. Mm. And AC Bradley talks about it. I'm just going to read aloud this quote. I'm sorry, I've just been talking a lot. No, but we love um, it. it's good stuff. 
Bradley says chance or accident here will be found to mean any occurrence, not supernatural, of course, which enters the dramatic sequence neither from the agency of a character nor from the obvious surrounding circumstances. It may be called an accident in the sense that Romeo never got the friar's message about the potion mm -hmm. and that Juliet did not awake from her long sleep a minute sooner, an accident that Edgar arrived at the prison just too late to save Cordelia's life. An accident that Desdemona dropped her handkerchief at the most fatal of moments. An accident that the pirate ship attacked Hamlet's ship so that he was able to return forthwith to Denmark. So it's, it's because accidents are a fact of life, right? And this does kind of come from the agency of a character with the series, but that's also because um, I think that's a very defining factor of George's work, right? That there mm -hmm. is an element of that character motivation and really Im imbuing that into um, the things that he writes. But I, it is an accident at, at the end of the day and sets forth this this dance, <laughs> the series dance of motions, or it sets in motion all of this war. The storm. The, the storm. storm. Yeah. That was I guess, very well said. Yeah, I that was very well I'm said. I'm guessing you now feel like you could speak a little more confidently. <laughs> oh, I'm an expert now. Yeah. Shakespeare <laughs> <laughs> that is I can shake my spear as well as anyone now. No, that, that book actually sounds what very... Are you uh, <laughs> Oops, wait, that's a bad euphemism. <laughs> I hope this makes you think about the way Iron you are. Man. Are you thinking about the way you are in our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> this is the cautionary tale, Eliana. Yeah, no, I think Would we can also tell now? that Aziz never took drama class or theater class in high school or anything like that, perhaps. Or he did and uh, didn't pay attention. Oh, perhaps something like that. that. <laughs> I don't remember, which shows you, uh, yeah, I definitely didn't pay attention. <laughs> you know what? That's, that's one great thing about a lot of people in this community, though, is we all have certain parts that we love the most about A Song of Ice and Fire, about the shows, about the books, the different things in yeah. it. And we all kind of have a master class of certain things that we love right so yeah. eliana can bring that tragedy but aziz you're so strong and so many yeah. other like you honestly don't this is this is good that you're not strong on that like you don't deserve to be you're good <laughs> at everything strong, else he's not a strong boy <laughs> he's not a strong boy he's not one of our strong you're stronger nephews. on other things and i love it you shouldn't well, have you all that much. power thank you is what much. i'm saying all right <laughs> y'all are too kind uh, Kizzy sends a super chat, says, love the channel. The show's depiction of Rhaenyra, uh, Rhaenys and the sea snake losing their children was very difficult to watch, as I've also suffered such a loss. The grief the parents exhibited mm -hmm. appeared very realistic. Kudos to those two. Well, Kizzy, thank you for your courage in sharing that with us. That is uh, yeah. indescribable. And um, I'm glad it was done well. I, we, I can't speak to the authenticity of that personally. It seemed really good, but, you know, your your opinion weighs a lot heavier here. Yeah, I'll be super curious to see how it continues to play out in their arcs because I don't, I don't think that's the sort of thing that, oh, Ra Rainey's had a conversation with Rainier and now they're past it. I think this is the sort of thing that should come up yeah. in conversation after conversation after conversation with those two. Maybe not quite as heavily as Viserys thinking about uh, Emma all all the time, but maybe, maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It brings a lot of that grief from like Jaharis and Alisan as you oh, see what yeah, they suffer yeah. and their losses. It brings a lot of that grief in and we'll talk a lot more later, I think, as we get to some of the Rainey's talk. I think there's a whole we're going to talk about her for a bit later because it's really compelling. Even by omission, I'm appreciating what the show's doing by the stuff they're not showing us. Uh, for Rainey's and Corley's to have been gone from court, their absence was louder 
right? Of course, I would have loved mm. delicate scenes of like mm. everything and their going ons and lives. But I understand storytelling medium for TV. You only have so many minutes and you got to cut stuff. But I think the omission of them and now their re-entrance and how important they're about to be to the plot is oh, speaking yeah. volumes. Yeah, very well said. So we have this shot here. Our next section is entitled, The King is Dead, Don't Tell. In Fire and Blood, of course, they conceal the king's death for a little while. It's not clear whether they'll do that for as long here. It appears they'll be somewhat uh, down low on it because we see the servants being put in prison. So that's a clue. But other than that, we're not really sure how this is going to be handled. But this shot with all the candles, it's it's a very moving um, homage here to to him and it looks like Alicent is doing more than just her duty you know that's always been kind of an interesting gray area for her she does seem to legitimately care about Viserys even if she wasn't you know attracted to him necessarily uh she does seem to care about him and you know he's the father of her children and all that what do y'all uh think about this moment uh this this shot from the yeah or just this in, this general yeah the shot and the the moment Alison reflecting on Viserys's death I suppose, yeah. in general all that close that yeah i thought it was interesting with all the candles around because for me it actually reminds me of then the scene of before Alison young Alison and young Rhaenyra um praying together surrounded by all those candles uh mourning Emma and I'm kind of like wondering, you know, is there, are we going to see kind of callbacks to that? Like uh, maybe any reminiscing about that in any way, or if that'll be like running through uh, Olivia's performance. Cause I think they've done a really good job of kind of doing these like subtle um, character, character acting. Yeah. Especially with the religious aspect, there was an interview behind the scenes you had brought up. It was with Emily Carey, I think yes, about, yes. Emily Carey and uh, Ray Savants had kind of worked out a backstory yeah. for Allison since they had time and space to play with how they wanted to play the characters and had said that Allison's mother was very religious. So in the jump, you can really see that played upon in that she's really gone all in on the faith and having something to protect her and something to turn to, uh, somewhere to put that into. So mm. that's really interesting now with Viserys gone too as a kind of a guiding beacon. Mm. Yeah. I mean, she's lost. The, the whole thing is that Viserys, while his indecision and acedia affected the entire realm, right, throughout all of this, like, he was also the anchor that everyone was milling about. And we were all just waiting in the pool, just waiting our legs kicking, what's going to happen. And now it's over and that anchor is gone. Mm. Uh, someone in the chat had just said, I want to say it was Kenny Market said, Reasons about to be thrown out of the window. Can't wait for chaos, which like, I'm a big believer in. in the show. I'm not. I want all of them to fight. I, I'm not team black or team green, really. In the end, like I just like when yeah. all the girls are fighting. Like, let's fight. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it win. sounds like you're team chaos, which means you're team Littlefinger. Is what oh. I'm hearing. All right, That's you put that your, away. Your sigil is a ladder. <laughs> oh my God. A ladder with rungs that are kind of uneven, uh, and you know, just anyway. Yeah, I am happy yeah. to see Allison like getting some of this, though. Like some of this, I, I think it's going to be a very mixed episode for her, yeah. right? Yeah. Like in yeah. general, because she's now the crux. A lot of that power yeah. is going to pass to her. And we and saw last episode she was a little reluctant, right? Which I thought was interesting. Like yeah. she wasn't like excited. She yeah. wasn't like, all right, let's do this. You know, like Otto is kind of like that, but she's like, eh. you know, something that I. <laughs> have seen many times over the years and especially during this house of the dragon season has been 
black stands have been like the really those like really hardcore team black fans who have been uh listed the things Allison has done that were terrible. And I one of the most common things that people name is Allison letting Viserys rot for, you know, a week, right? Like that is a pretty hated thing that she did. I personally doesn't seem that bad bad to me but (laughs) i I, I can't tell you how many times i've seen like an angry tweet where they're like and allison she just let him run like they're so they're big mad about it so (laughs) i'm super curious how that's gonna play out as like this despicable thing that she did whereas like to me it was very understandable thing to do like as much as like the the general usurpation is the bigger issue not the body part i guess Mm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) i always saw the body part less of a and I guess they also have been able to do this through uh, the acting of the series and like the the leprosy aspect. I always saw the rotting of the body as more meant to be like the sort of um, metaphor for the rotting and and what's happening to the kingdom. Yeah. Um, yes, I agree. But- <laughs> I agree. <laughs> he was well rotted before he died. Yeah. <laughs> ah, well, to that same like thought, Ashaya too. I think. You're onto something there because Allison's reluctance in the last episode and Rhaenyra, it's interesting that it is being played a little softer in that both Allison and Rhaenyra don't want it to come to war. Mm-mm. Like you can almost tell they're even at the end, Rhaenyra, instead of being like, wow, your sons are assholes, mm-hmm. uh, instead of saying that out loud, she said to her, yes, you're right. And there is a place in my heart that we could make this work now for our common interests and we should. And she didn't want to go back to King's Landing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. she was content with her family to stay happy forever on Dragonstone if she really could. But uh, again, back to that crux of Viserys, right? Everything rotating around him. And now they have no choice. And now people are going to be pressing them to war on all sides. So to me, the seven days waiting is more like, how long can I put it off until the realm gets torn apart mm, by dragons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they took out a few of the... like. Pre uh, premeditated aspects of this, like there's definitely no hint that she poisoned him, like not even the slightest shred yeah. of evidence or hint of that. And there's no evidence, at least so far, that she was prepared for this, like had prepped the servants. You know, don't tell anyone. Come directly to me. There's none of that yet either. Maybe we'll see that in the next episode, but I don't think so. It doesn't seem like that was set up. So that is yeah. some of the premeditated stuff is, I think, part of the negativity. I mean, there's plenty of other things, but that taking that away, I think, definitely puts Allison more into a gray area, which is good, rather than making her just a villain is not quite as interesting. But yeah, talking about people being put in prison, it was smart of them to develop a character that we recognize amongst the servants so that we see her prominently in this trailer being in prison. We say, ah, that's Talia. That's Talia being put in jail with the other servants, which in its, we we discussed this a little bit last time that in itself is a clue. If you're Mazaria, you're getting regular reports from Talia and then she doesn't show up all of a sudden. And then just all the other stuff is kind of weird around like news coming out of the keep is a little odd. Everybody knows the king's on his deathbed. Like, I think Mazzari could probably figure it out or at least have a reasonable guess. So anyway, what do you all think about about the Talia prison and and just in general, how this affects the, the outcome here? With the twist with uh, her her um, working for Mazaria, yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting, and also because it seems like there's a couple of shots with her, even with like 
that you were talking about with children. Yeah, the children. Yeah, like that if you there's to. a shot. If you pay attention in that trailer, if you've been watching the trailer at <laughs> 0.25x like I have four times a day. Uh, it's a yeah. fascinating experience. She made me do it. I was like, okay, okay. I did. I was like, come on, Eliana, get with it. Uh, but it, I, I like to watch them a little slow-mo just to mm-hmm. see because they give away so much they of do. these shots. They there's do. so much. And if you do that, you can see there's a small blonde child next to Talia, uh, a small boy. And Mm -hmm. it makes me wonder if that could be Jaharis. Like, what if Jaharis was one of the little, you know, Helena's son saw his granddad decomposing on accident. And that could also bring some tension to Allison. Mm. Like, oh, I have to jail my own grandkid. Sorry, Helena. I know I'm about to crown you and all, but... (laughs) Sorry. Now, my thinking on this child, I want to see those kids. My thinking on this child is if it relates to the voiceover that Laris was saying, which is I found out something you should know, which maybe they're just playing misdirection. But I'm thinking this is another this is an a, one of Aegon's bastards, which, of course, we, we discussed this possibility as well with it maybe being gay men or something like that. Yeah. So a lot of possibilities here. Those are all, I think, valid well, Valid and ideas. this is specifically in that shot of Talia, yeah, you know, yeah. that yes, kid that's, true. that's with her. Yeah, that's it, it. Looks a little older than a baby, too. You're right. It looks to be like, um, I want to say like three, four, somewhere in there. I'm not really good at kid hey, ages. I'm sorry, we're not. I can't. We don't even know. Dandles. Someone else in the chat, please <laughs> chime in. Let us know how old if you have watched the trailer at this yeah. slowness. But it, it's just for a shot. He's in a red shirt and he has oh. like soft, not not that pale. child. Yeah, hair, I have but the that wrong child. child. Yeah, that's what. I'm sorry, I'm that's sorry. Fine. Yeah, the actual shot. Um, Gaiman. I think it might be Gaiman. We're going to talk about that. I think soon because the I would bet kid, my toes. I would bet Jaharis's sixth toe. <laughs> That that's game. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like it probably is gaming, but I we talked about it before the stream even. But I'm concerned that if it is gaming, that they're yeah. not setting up Essie and Sylvana Sand, which anyone who listens to our show knows I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of. Yeah. Like, I'm not Team Black. I'm not Team Green. I'm Team Gaming Pale Hair, but specifically Sylvana and Essie, who are uh, very progressively minded uh, women. And so it's possible to me that we could get Gaiman set up and not actually meet his parents, maybe, like, until a se- season later. But, like, maybe Aegon just has had multiple bastards. Like, that also makes sense to me. He sure, yeah. surely has. Yeah, I you would know? think. <laughs> but, like, I-, I like to think that they realize that it's not young Gaiman that makes Gaiman popular, but is his lesbian mothers. Like, I like to think <laughs> yeah. that Aegon... And their like, policies. And their policies, yeah. like, I think yeah. that they'll keep them and like even so my point is that even if we don't meet Gaiman's parents his his mother's in this episode maybe we'll i'll, I'll still have hope I yeah guess. we'll see we'll I'm see concerned. We're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves worrying about Gaiman right now but i agree i want to see yeah. him i'm 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 a little nervous that they'll change it but um <clears throat> let's see so i wonder when she when allison says he told me in the trailer line she says she told me he wished for Aegon to be king Who's she talking to there? I wonder. Like, Otto's already on board. He doesn't have to tell her dad that. He's like, yeah, I know. I want. That's what I want. Kristen Cole? Laris? That's, those are the two that I think are most likely. Telling Kristen, just confiding in him because he's just there. But Laris is the one she seems to talk to. But I'm not sure she still confides in Laris after... <laughs> before we haven't seen them, like, have a moment together after his... Yeah, I killed my parent, my dad and my brother for you. Which and she was pretty horrified about that. So I'm not sure. I, I don't know that she's been as close to him since then. And maybe we'll find that out. 
And they all also changed Laris's role a little bit from book to show in that he's not mm. on the council. There's no like official master of whispers. He's more like her master of whispers at this point. That may change, but to this point, obviously it hasn't. So um, any, any takes on that or is that just kind of a wait and see thing? I would, the one thing I will say is I hope it's not Otto because there's something about that Alicent has not given Otto like any of this carnal information she knows, right? Like you were saying to me earlier, offline, Rhaenyra and Kristen. Mm-hmm. She, I don't think she's told Otto about that, right? Like oh, that's yeah. a secret she has kept very close to herself. So um, I think that gives her a step up in power, right? Because her father has always held the cards for her life in his hands. And now she has started to try to hold that and it wouldn't surprise me if it was Kristen or Larry's. Uh, I do think there might be some power plays for Allison to gain. Now her actions might not be great from it, but to gain some agency for once over her life mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah. yeah that's a good and point. I think that's what we're going to see her doing, right? Like I, her hair is like loose, right? It's um during that. And she, she says it in this way that feels very, you know, it feels very religious. Like she uses the same tone that like my mom uses when she talks about God. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, Ugh. but uh, um, yeah. So like, like uh, I, I imagine she might be just telling the whole small council or okay. something yeah, um, like they've been, I don't know, there for that a while. Be. And I'll, I'll talk about hair in a bit, but that makes sense. That's very possible. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. So there's a line from the books that's somewhat applicable here. No ravens flew that night. No bells rang. Those servants who knew of the king's passing were sent to the dungeon. So that third sentence, yeah, apparently we're getting that. The ravens will be delayed. The bells didn't ring. The bells do ring in the trailer. So we're getting the bells ringing at some point in this episode. I'm guessing just the delay will be shorter. It's actually not that long in the books. They make it sound like it's really long, but it's only seven days. They're like, people aren't getting letters. They're wondering where people are. But it had only been seven days, which is, I always thought it was a little strange that people were worried about. I haven't heard from Blankety Blank and who lives half a continent away in uh-huh. seven days. Like, that's like you guys communicate by Raven. You probably won't, wouldn't have anyway. Uh, so regardless, that makes sense. It's TV show com- compressing things a little bit. But we'll see how they handle it, whether, uh, whether it's the full subterfuge or just more light subterfuge we'll just kind of keep this news from spilling out uh, i wonder then is this episode a seven day you know like is it supposed to be over a week yeah, yeah. what's the time span of the episode i think we might see several events unfold and maybe it'll be yeah. over a few different days of the week you're right um, the trailer makes interesting it, the trailer kind of makes it seem like it plays out really quickly but that trailers can be very misleading. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty easy for them to just like cut yeah. to someone in prison and like the sun pass. Like it's it's easy yeah. to to, yeah. to show yeah. the point. audience yeah. that time is passing for someone, and they're like, show Rainy locked in her room for a full day or something, and she's like stir yeah. crazy or something. Yeah, yeah. okay, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, interesting. That'd be fun. Morley okay. says another super chat says to Aziz, our Queen Ashea, Casanova, and Girls Gone Canon thoroughly enjoying this discussion. Well, thank you, Mora. Yes, we did have a, a quick yeah. brief Casanova sighting. Oh, do we have two? Casanova cameo. Yeah. <laughs> he is trying to get in. He's trying to get on screen. He likes to. He likes to get attention. You know, he figures attention from one person is good. Why not get attention from a few hundred? What? <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> For my people, sends a super chat. Says tragic majesty. I get it now, George. Excellent performance. Yeah, that's referring to George telling us all in advance. He had seen. Even George hadn't seen the final episode when he made these comments, which. Patty Considine wasn't in, isn't in episode 10, so that makes sense. George has been hyping this up, like his favorite performer apparently was Patty Considine. He said, Shakespearean, tragic, majesty, all that. Yeah, 
Well, we get it now. We do get it. We kind of already did, but <laughs> episode eight was the was the peak. <laughs> uh, but not Unwin Peak. Not Unwin. Thank God. No, we do not get him. I don't no. get him at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's a. But yeah, we're pat- I'm a Patty stand now. We're we might watch Peaky Blinder. Oh, speaking of Peaky, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna start Peaky Blinders soon. Nice. Oh. Very. Cool. Also, because we love of Killian Murphy. So mm. yeah, he's good. The cheeks, you know. Yeah. I mean, you could murder yeah. someone with those cheeks. Yeah, you can play Eamon's brother. brother easily. Oh. <laughs> um, we actually were talking. I would love to see him as Damon Blackfire. Oh, Let yeah, that yeah. one rest. Yeah. All, all Damon's and Damon's have like cheekbones. Yeah. That can be like the thing. Hey. He's not like unmuscled, I realized when I was looking pictures up to specifically have this opinion the other day. You could add a few if, if need be, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, the and on the topic of like Eamon and Damon and like their long face with the cheekbones, I actually really feel that da- that they look a lot like Viserys and Otto uh, respectively. Like yeah. that Eamon, they yeah. both have very long faces mm-hmm. and like I feel like a young Otto yeah. and a young Viserys. Like, I, anyways, I I, can I think Rainey's Rainey's has that look too. Yeah, a little she bit has a long face and really her blonde, yeah, super true. long, yeah, like oh, straight yeah. blonde hair. Huh. Yeah, she has that kind of Aemon. Aemon, yeah. well, Aemon has her hair really. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the council chamber is our next section here. Otto says the door remains shut until we finish our business. That's if you read fire and blood, you pretty clear what's going on there. They're trying to decide just how to pull off this usurpation that they have been planning for a while. Uh, yeah, all these shots around there. What, what is this comment y'all wrote here about the 12 angry men? Oh, that was a fantasy of mine that I had when the season was starting um, and before we like saw the trailer for episode nine. Clearly, they're going to like look at other stuff in King's Landing as we've been discussing. They leave the palace. But I had a fantasy. I was like, what if they did the Green Council, like a 12 angry men, like purely <laughs> drama within this one room, Ooh, like episode. True bottle episode. Been cool. <laughs> that would yeah. be really nuts. That would have been they really have ambitious. contracts to fulfill. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been ambitious. And storytelling they have just, to come up with. Yeah. <laughs> that was a dream. So when you're reading Fire and Blood, there's a lot of times where the narrative pauses for a minute to just reiterate that the sources don't agree on everything. And it happens several times, right? Cause there's, but, but it, there's moments where it's particularly important to remind us of that. Certain events, certain particular events are particularly uncertain. And this is one of them. In Fire and Blood, there's a big old warning about this one. It's, it's actually not just a warning. It favors Grandmaster Munkin's version of events because Munkin used Orwell's reports and Orwell's there. He's present in the room, but there's a reason to even doubt Orwell. Because Orwell's account is a confession and like, yeah, I was there and I was trying to do the right thing sort of account. So even, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here is uh, a brief quote to describe that. Michelle? Mm-hmm. One moment. Here we are. Though Munkin's exhaustive history was not written until a generation later and drew on many different sorts of materials, including Maester's Chronicles, memoirs, stewards' records, and interviews with 147 surviving witnesses to the great events of these times, his account of the inner workings of the court relies upon the confessions of Grand Maester Orwell as set down before his execution. Unlike Mushroom and Septon Eustace, whose versions derive from rumors, hearsay, and family legend, the Grand Maester was present at the meeting and took part in the Council's deliberations and decisions, though it must be recognized that at the time he wrote, Orwell was most anxious to show himself in a favorable light and absolve himself of any blame for what was to follow. Munkin's true-telling, therefore, paints his predecessor in perhaps 
too favorable a light. For example, in his accounting, he says, first thing I did was suggest we send condolences to Rainier and prepare for her coronation. That was the first thing I said. <laughs> yeah. And Orwell's been pretty like, quiet. Sure. I don't really imagine him speaking up right there and just saying that. Um, yeah, the Grand Maester's usually not the loudest guy in council anyway. It's like he seems to always kind of be like the one who's the lower ranked guy there. I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. It doesn't seem like... Hmm. Isn't that the fun part of like, thankfully, most of those people are now dead, so no one can fact check him. He's like, let me just yeah. soften this history real quick before I put it down in ink and quill. Let me just. So this this, yeah. this kind of harkens back to episode one a little bit, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because, like, uh, one of the things that uh, Otto said, he, like, cuts him off and is like, all this must needs wait he declared, until the question of succession is settled. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of like when, you know, Emma's body is just like barely, like barely even done, like I guess being burned or whatever. And Otto's like, okay, so let's talk about succession. And Viserys is like, holy shit, let me mourn for a second. <laughs> yeah. While you're traumatized. And he's like, succession. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, season four, when? Yeah. <laughs> In Fire and Blood, Beesbury is the major objector, and the trailer shows him objecting very loudly and vociferously, but it also shows him dead on the table. <laughs> it suggested he was either in, in Fire and Blood, it suggested he was either in prison, thrown out the, uh, where he died, or thrown out the window, which killed him, or killed in his chair. Looks like they went with option three there. Kristen Cole has just killed him, presumably, and has now drawn his sword, presumably, on Harold Westerling, who is the other Kingsguard in the room. Sigh. Now, in Fire and Blood, Cole has already been Lord Commander for like 15 years, so it mm. feels like they're just, they just pivoted to this instead, where he's probably just going to kill Westerling in this moment and then become Lord Commander. Um, it's a much different way Otto. to be named Lord Commander. Much different. It's That's like, a pretty substantial yeah, difference. It's yeah, it's very different, really. Um, which implies we're getting a little bit of Barristan in season one of Game of Thrones, where he's like, <laughs> we have, but these are the king's words, you know, and <laughs> instead of just kicking him out, like, well, you're out of here, Barristan. They're like, no, you're, you're going to die. Of course, maybe the Westerling lived somehow. Last week, we made a mistake. We thought Westerling was on screen. Uh, for the black count for the black queen episode we thought we saw him in the room there but we looked closer no that's not him that's probably stefan darklin so that's bad news for westling he's probably dying this episode any, uh, any they did a that? really good job of introing him last yeah. episode. That was the second I saw. We're we're a subtitle family here. Yeah. We're a subtitle same, family. Same. I don't know if you guys yes. are, but there's just so much because HBO actually identifies who's speaking. Yes, unless yeah. they do it incorrectly on the the second episode, uh, like yeah, that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that Joffrey Valarian. Yeah. Like, yeah, that one got us. We were like, uh, it's funny. Like, Your partner was like, wait, what? I thought he wasn't there yet or not born yet or whatever. And we were like, no, 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 they messed up. They messed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they said stuff in Darkland just in time because I was wondering if Harold would be fulfilling that role or what was going to happen, but I expect he will die. Yeah. It's very sad because he does die by now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I guess, I mean, something they've done a pretty good job of also setting up in um, the previous episodes, right? Like, for example, in the... <sighs> I guess it's seven. Sorry, I'm like, you know, we're watching all these so fast, I'm like losing track of like which yeah. things occur where, but like Westerling <laughs> having to like say, hold that coal, right? Like, and and like, um, they have beef. Yeah, beef. yeah. They're, they're, there's clearly already fraction, like, friction going on yeah. between mm -hmm. them. 
Yeah. Oh, and especially with them all escaping to go do some coronating. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> coronating. I love the different ways we've turned that into a verb. <laughs> when you go corona someone, yeah. <laughs> corona, corona, if you, coronavirus. Yeah, if you corona too many people, you might catch the coronavirus. Yeah. So I hope not. In Fire and Blood, Kristen Cole's actually rather verbal about all this. He's he speaks up quite a bit. He says, Seven save this realm if we see the bastard on the Iron Throne. And of course he he and other people repeat the standard Westerosi prejudice that all bastards are untrustworthy. So that fuels their fire. Then Kristen says something pretty awful. He says, they will turn the Red Keep into a brothel. No man's daughter will be safe, nor any man's wife, even the boys. We know what Lenor was. So that's the even worse uh, thing we hear from time to time that gay people must all be pedophiles, right? Like, what? That doesn't go, that doesn't make any sense. So in the book's Lenor did like handsome young squires, but young is not boy, right? We're not, that's that's yeah. more of a like. Well, maybe he. Well, was, he liked a little but, twink. I don't know. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty young too. Yeah, he's so young like, too at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so this is pretty. This is pretty unfair <laughs> for Kristen to say here um, and gross, but yeah, but it's, it's, what we, it's what we pointed to back um, after he killed uh, uh, had killed um, Joffrey uh, Lawnmouth at the idea that there might be. Some, some simmering homophobia yeah. deep down just you know maybe not as much at that point but that as you try to justify it to yourself the fact that you killed this guy you're like oh well it was okay because he was getting you know like yeah. I, 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 maybe he wasn't as homophobic at that moment as he is now that it's like calcified in himself right? and he laughed remember mm -hmm. he laughed when Allison made that joke it was like oh Lanor was off with his young squires and, yeah, and Chris was like, like oh. and Le Westerling like looks at him like, like what are you doing yeah. <laughs> you know, stop laughing yeah you know? So yeah, so the brothel connection is kind of interesting because, yeah, that they did set that up with Damon and Rainier's Rainier, outing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's probably why if they make that line, that's why he'll say it. He <laughs> will say it if they if they take it verbatim from the books. Now you have a reason for it because last time Rhaenyra ran out and went to a brothel and broke Kristen's heart. How many years ago? Seventeen, <laughs> sixteen years ago. <laughs> uh, let it go. <laughs> yeah, it's very emotional for him, but that's. Now you know why he might be like, oh, they're going to turn it into a brothel. Yeah. <laughs> and he obviously has already used some very harsh language about the princess slash now queen of the realm. He, he really has. And isn't it very hypocritical? Look at this man. They're trying to make king. Like you tell, like talk about turning people yeah. and turning things into a brothel. I mean, come on. Like, this guy is, this is an actual rapist we're talking about. I mean, come on. Yeah. So. That's pretty bad. I mean, these these folks are really just drinking their own Kool Aid at this point, aren't they? <laughs> I'd like to know what Kristen th like. Yeah. I would like Kristen to say a, a, something about Aegon's proclivities at some point for him to have to try to be righteous in the face of that. Still, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he maybe just I don't won't know. go there. I, yeah, <laughs> like I, again, we've talked about it before. The idea that Kristen is like the father parental figure that Aegon's had for a long time, and so like. Says a lot. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, uh, yeah, no, you're right. I, I would like to see like what Kristen thinks about all that. I mean, we saw him interact with Eamon last episode, um, mm -hmm. still fulfilling that role. Yeah. But as you said, like it's super hypocritical. Um, but at the same time, like it, it's funny, right? Because he's like saying, and I do think we'll get. I I think we might get this line, but I don't know. Uh, but because. Kristen loves saying terrible things, apparently. Mm -hmm. um, That's been set up. Yeah. But like, mm -hmm. he's all like, you know, no man's daughter will be saved or any man's wife. And it's like, 
well, a lot of people's daughters and wives are already unsafe <laughs> by virtue of like just the way that the world is set up in Westeros, right? Like they're unsafe yeah. in the birthing bed, they're unsafe at home, they're unsafe from Egan. Um, but even in general, as we see throughout the 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 main books, women and girls are in unsafe in general. And I think that the show isn't shying away from that, right? Like they're very explicit um, when they talk about the decisions that they make about. Um, how they're thinking about the way patriarchy manifests in in a Westeros. And I do think like even this line makes that clear, right? The language is no man's daughter or any man's wife. It's about the possessiveness of like your property or whatever is unsafe if Rhaenyra is here because, and also you have like that threat of, you know, boys are, you, the fact that they think boys might be threatened or whatever because they're making stuff up um that's overturning that power structure right not just in terms of the threat that Rhaenyra represents for like um inheritance but also the idea that like men and boys will no longer sit atop it they're no longer mm. guaranteed a safe which is kind of ironic because you know what really makes men and boys safe plunging them into war <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's the least safe place for just about anyone to be is war yeah i mean come on it's pretty straightforward when you put it that way you know i don't it doesn't seem like it needs to be explained but hey you know these greens uh, no but it's, it's true though yeah there's a lot of uh, a lot of that going on and uh, there's some of the other moves they make. I wonder if they'll do similar things. I'm guessing they probably will. Like, uh, they're told to gather up all the black supporters who don't bend the knee and, and make them bend the knee. And if they don't, you know, do them no violence mm-hmm. unless they resist. And that's just told to Kristen Cole. It's like, well, what's Kristen Cole's definition of resisting, right? Like, uh, that's true. You think of like modern policing, you know, and yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is resisting mm-hmm. yeah, actually? Yeah. Like, you can really, you can really have a lot of leeway with what counts as resisting. And Kristen Cole, I feel like, especially if he's just killed Beesbury and Westerling, so that recurring Game of Thrones real-world trope where once someone starts killing, it's like that's the mood they're in. They're like, I'm more killing, you know? Uh, so I, I don't know if his mm. his blood will be up or whatever, whatever phrase you prefer for that. So concept. we're thinking we're going to see Lord Caswell killed. Yeah, right? Lord Caswell, the one yeah. black supporter we've that seen. We see. <laughs> we're going to see his head like chopped off or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's toast. <laughs> I'm imagining he might he's give a nice us a, man. he is a nice man. He might give us a good speech too about it. Like what do you, I swore an oath. I was Ooh. in this room. I kneeled. Um, I was looking at that one shot from the trailer where you can see everyone taking the knee while Otto's in the throne room mm-hmm. and like taking a vow, it looks like. It's the the anti-air coronation scene. Yeah. Right? And I was looking for people I knew, and I feel like I either... A 50-50 shot. Did I see him or not? Uh-huh. Uh, I <laughs> thought I might have seen him, which kind of like shows like if he dissents there, that could be a crazy scene. Yeah, right? Mm. If, he, if he denies yeah. it in front of a bunch of people, not just privately, uh, one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F- flashback of Vayman's life this week. Yeah. Now it'll happen again next week. I don't know. <laughs> oh. So y'all, did y'all... Kristen's going to get some blood that, that week. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Going to town. So did y'all notice anything about Allison's dress here in terms of both what it suggests and maybe helps us figure out what day is what, but maybe not because there are some repeats of dresses uh, from time to time. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. She's just wearing like the same dress throughout the trailer, but what actually changes is her hair. Like it's in like some ornate updo, like for some of it. Um, but also like as we, as we've established and as everyone loves to joke about the first few episodes, just because she's wearing the same dress does not mean it's like, the same day she she loves to re- outfit repeat <laughs> but at, 
but she has been doing so less so since the actor change um but I was like thinking like does it mean like it's just been like a really long day is she like Mm. taking care of so much stuff that she never really has a chance to change out of the dress and therefore in some of it you have her hair up and then like later on like it's been so long it just comes undone and she just lets it um out and then also this idea you know of Allison unbinding her hair herself being unbound and like also starting to seize power as you were talking about earlier right like I think we could see her overshine um Otto right and Otto because he before was like wow I've never seen like that side of you and I think Mm. we're gonna see Wow, that yeah. with that hair. I see uh, also on the subject of this dress, um, Christina Kay points out something I've also seen pointing out, which is that the neckline is very similar to the cut of Rhaenyra's black dress that she wore recently. So mm. just shout out to the oh, costume design. I yeah. get like the same cut, uh, but modest. <laughs> with the modest it's got the <laughs> modesty cover of like the mesh, you know. Uh, so, no, <laughs> oh, no, not so much a collarbone on display for the realm to see. Um, oh, well, interesting in that progression from her younger dresses is her younger dresses were more provocative mm-hmm. they were seductive a lot of the times for Viserys's sake mm. and for the realm's sake in Otto's eyes probably and recently her dresses have been very tight very constricting very mm. modest as you point out but this dress actually the neckline is similar to Rhaenyra's but then it's a sheer modesty panel and it's not opaque it has mm. it's translucent you can see through it a little bit so to your point, Eliana, part of her being constricted with that bun and having her hair tied up tightly for the whole entire funeral day and everything going on and figuring out Aegon's coronation. Now with her hair down, she's starting to almost be free, right? Mm-hmm. Like part of part of taking some of this back for her is that she's now maybe a little freer. Um, that modesty right there, having that sheer on that dress is like, that's a big, that's a big step for Allison in the last couple years i would say Mm -hmm. laris is into it (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's able to recover part of herself laris is like staring over her shoulder at it uh cattle and run away speck of shoulder there Uh, you like stinky from hey (laughs) (laughs) yeah all the time so there's a couple of things that happen in fire and blood that we'll be keeping an eye out for things that are relevant to the way things fall out and the way that they seize power for example thailand Lannister is immediately made master of coin to take the place of the just killed mm. Lord Beesbury, and uh, he immediately seizes the treasury, splits it into fourths: three quarters, one quarter to Bravos, one quarter to Castle Rock, one quarter to Old Town, one quarter for bribes and sell swords. So I'm picturing Tylen just oof. reaches over and grabs the ball. And yeah, like, just I the ball. Like I am master of I have two balls now. I will juggle. <laughs> now that he's dead. <laughs> so, yeah, now that he's dead, I, uh, I will eat his honey. I, I finally he can do something, right? Yeah, I would like him I, to do something in this plot. I agree. Yeah. He's yeah. an interesting character. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be around, later yeah. on. The hooded hand. In right? your <laughs> in your episode seven preview with Jason, I want to say I was just uh, re-listening, and you're talking about him in Jasper's balls, yeah. Uh, yeah. singular Iron, Iron specifically. Ro- Ironrod's balls. Iron yeah. Rod's yeah. balls, and what you wanted them to look like. <laughs> and, uh, it is on the Briefly. website now. So you oh, guys know it's on the HBO oh, I didn't website. Check. I didn't You'll have yes. to take a look tonight. I will. Yeah, New balls Jasper's dropped. Balls <laughs> New balls dropped. New <laughs> balls just dropped. Who this? Uh, Jasper's ball is like this beautiful, dreamy blue. I'm worried oh, about his blue ball. His blue ball. <laughs> but it is very pretty. Like, I actually really like it. It's like oh, oceanic almost. Nice. Uh, That's awesome. And then <laughs> Thailand's ball. It, it is gold. Okay. And I did not taste the Fancy ball, so ball. I cannot tell the flavor. But it is gold 
and it has a slash through it through the middle. Ooh. So I'm like, is that to like signify twin? Like you're actually kind oh, of good. good yeah, bad, like I don't know, whatever. Slip, I don't know, yeah. but there's just like a dent through it. It's interesting <laughs> yeah, though. Yeah, if cool. you haven't looked, I try to check on Mondays, yeah. especially after each episode to see what was updated. Oh, I do too. And to sometimes they're slow the though. Sometimes it's like exactly. Sometimes they're like a little slow, and I'm like, oh come on, I need these. So yeah, I hadn't seen that one yet. Darren, my big problem, by the way, with that HBO Guide site is that they provide the files in really low res. Like I go into like the console, oh. like back door, like to get the files, and I guarantee you there are no high res files. Yeah. They are oh. all, anyways, whatever. HBO, if you're listening to this, please give us high res files like you did for Game of Thrones. <laughs> Cosplayers want these things, <laughs> anyways. So that was for, that's followed up by a replacement of or a replacement offer. They need a master of ships now, and they're like, hey, well, they've got the sea snake. Probably we need some ships. Let's offer the Red Kraken this job. Boy, that could get interesting. I really wonder how much Red Kraken will be included in the story at all, or whether it'll all be off screen. Because oh, he's going to go, uh, he's going to go up against like, Jason. La- Jason, La- he's going to go up against Jason Lannister's wife, Johanna Westerling, when Jason goes off and gets killed yeah. in the Riverlands. You know, Remember I'm that line we this. pointed this out before when Jason's like, "Women are so slow to the battle." We're like, "Your wife is literally <laughs> going to defend the whole West while you're dead." So. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, see how they handle that. Checking the loyalty of the gold cloaks is a big part of this. They appoint Gwaine Hightower second in command bet- behind Luther Largent. I wonder if they'll do that. Gwaine Hightower was already in the show. Yeah, he we was the guy jousting the Damon. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's the sort of thing that they would show him again in season two. It's just my thought that if you can avoid casting characters until season one, until yeah. season two, and they already introduced Wayne Hightower in a helm, whereas like if they had cast him for the end of the season, I feel like we would have seen him without his helm at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So my yeah. guess is that like he's set up for season two. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And I wonder if they'll cast Luthor Largent. I mean, I, I kind of thought maybe he, at first yeah. he was that really loud guy, Damon's second in command, but that's like somebody. They, they named that guy in this, like you said, subtitles told us <laughs> that was some other guy. So, uh, Luthor Largent probably coming next year. Uh, and we'll notice him if they make him huge. He's supposed to be like seven feet tall, so he'll stand out if he's cast. Uh, so it's funny, they say ravens were not sent, but ravens were sent. They just were sent a little later. They were sent to people that they thought they could count on to be allies. They're like, let's yeah, send ravens yeah, yeah. to people who we think will get allies, so not Dragonstone. So they basically look up anyone who voted for Rhaenyra, or rather voted uh, for... Re- looked at who voted, rather who bowed to Rainier. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just picturing like a law, like, like voter locks. Yeah, they look back at the voter rolls from 25 exactly. years ago. Exactly. Yeah. And telemarketing. <laughs> and this leads to realizing Storm's End is in the balance. This is there to like, okay, Storm's End is when we can win over. And how are they going to do that? By sending Amond. So I suspect we're going to get that in this episode. Sending, and we won't get the whole story, but we'll get. Aemon leaving King's Landing, which is might be might be why we see him walking around in the streets, because um, Vagar hmm. is too large for the Dragon Pit. We've been told that in show canon only, in book canon that's not the case. So, oh, interesting. So, yeah. uh, so Vagar is not in the city probably. So to get to his dragon, he has to go el- outside. This, I guess we don't know where the Vagar is, but not the Dragon Pit. So, uh, so we'll probably see that. One thing I don't know if we'll see is the the blood oath. Y'all have put this in our notes here. <laughs> the, without Laris in there, they could still do it. But you know, Dame, it would be like a nice kind of a, a mirror image of Damon and Rhaenyra's blood. You know, their Valyrian wedding. They cut their hand open for that. So kind of it would kind of mirror that. 
What do y'all think? Are yeah, we they're a polycule. That? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in Fire and Blood, there's something really interesting in Larry's being at the council and he speaks for, and that might be something we see her talking to him and him leveraging over mm-hmm. her. Like, now you have to put me in the council. You know this, right? Because I'm going to protect you, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Joker face. Uh, but he says, let us be the first to swear, lest there be traitors here amongst us. And he draws his dagger and cuts his palm with it. Now, especially with the dagger recently and Allison cutting Rhaenyra, Allison is excused famously because of being a woman. Larry's is like, everybody should do it except Allison. Allison, <laughs> you don't do it. Wow. It's poetic of like her not doing it and that protecting her against later mm-hmm. and how she, I mean, obviously in the book, Rhaenyra keeps her alive. She doesn't straight up just execute her like she does True. her dad. Can't wait. And um, <laughs> oops, did I say that? But she, you know, has some sort of sort of pity, keeps her in the dungeons, even though she's going after people with her own dagger all the time. It makes me wonder if maybe since we've seen so many great flipped scripts so far, maybe Condal and at Al will go. What if Allison then denies it and says, no, I will take the oath, does it with the Valyrian dagger lightly or something just to match the blood for blood. Mm. Uh, And also it's taking, for example, yes, it looks like Larius's protection of him not letting her be included in the oath, but it's very little finger and Sansa in the way that he's constantly making her complicit for things. He's constantly dragging her in for insurance for his safety Mm. and security and on her side to hold something over her. So in a way it's her taking that back, right? Like her saying, no, it's my destiny. And also it's a lot about Alicent's choice. It feels like coming up everything. It seems to revolve around her making a choice of what they do. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well mm-hmm. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I would agree yeah. with you that I would. Pref- if there's going to be a blood oath, I would like Allison to be part of it and to take agency and control in her being part of this mm-hmm. plot. I agree. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder if they'll do that and and at all or if some other version of it. Very curious about. That. I'm, I'm just picturing the always sunny in Philadelphia bit where Mac keeps slitting. He like keeps slashing his palm <laughs> to side. Like, and they're like, "What are you?" Yeah. We don't want to. We don't want to do that. <laughs> lime on it. I'm just picturing like, ah. someone in the council. Mac like, is lyrics. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. yeah, we've seen that. Playing that, that both sides. Like that's the like, one of the memes that we shared before that I, I think Joe Magician had edited uh, Laris's face onto Mac I'm in that episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's like, you don't tell yeah. us that you're flying both sides. You know. So I always come out. On Aurelian yeah. 1313 says Lainor may come into play when Little Viserys gets captured by the Triarchy. Hey, that's a possibility. I hadn't heard, mm. I hadn't heard of that thought. Yeah, because there are other. There are a lot of triarchy subplots like we got joanna swan we've got well i was gonna say shirako lohar but that's part of the yeah. same subplot yeah um we've got yeah we've got this this whole recalio redune as you said we've got the kidnapping of viserys and and whatever else can happen with that yeah that's a good point there are quite a few ways for Leonor to come back in the story that's one of the things that pa- like i kind of lean towards he won't but yeah. it, what gives me pause is that there are a lot of ways like there are several Absolutely. options uh, for them yeah. to smoothly bring him back in. Yeah, I will say I lean towards yeah. not, but I really, really, really want them to bring him back for cool. both plot reasons in terms of I think it makes sense. And in terms of I just want them to answer what the deal is with sea smoke. Like that's going to bother me yeah. a lot and a lot of other fans. So like I want them to address that. 
Yeah, when when Davos goes to sail off to get Rick, I mean when Oakenfist <laughs> goes to get Viserys. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I was like, could he be like where the Oakenfist? You know, when someone like pulls him aside, it's like, yo, I have something to tell you. Yeah, right? that's, and then, that's right. But like, Lainor would have to be dead because again, yeah, he's yeah. what is happening? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you we got to do something with the dragon. Yeah, right? ultimately, I'm like, <laughs> I need that answer. Adam can tame another dragon. We just is figure, where I've landed yeah. with it. Is it like it doesn't have to be sea smoke that Adam rides? I guess. We figure that's the most seamless way to yeah. get around that problem. Just yeah. no more sea smoke. Just some other dragon. Yeah, yeah. why not? Why not? <laughs> uh, we we think sea fire because where there's sea smoke, there must be sea fire. <laughs> that joke was good enough for me to say twice. Thank you. Thank oh. you. Yes. Uh, so Dra- uh, Dragon Den says, "I have a question. I've always wondered how come Damon was the heir for so long, but never had a sworn Kingsguard. Can the heir refuse protection? Mm. Well, I think it's one of these things where." Viserys was just not very pushy. He was like, if Damon was like, I don't want that, I don't want that, then Viserys would be like, fine. I mean, it, you don't I, have to have that. I feel like it's possible that sometimes Damon had a King's Guard with him too, right? Like, just because he didn't most of the time doesn't mean that there weren't some circumstances where yeah. he would, like, have a King's Guard for, for, he was also know. on the council for a while, not yeah. just the heir, so. Yeah, yeah like, you know, I, I, but I, I, I put it he there because I've not seen. He want protection. Yeah, though. I've seen this comment a few <laughs> times, and, I, and it is a good point, I think, the idea that, that you could refuse it. Like, I, I do think that he has the wherewithal, that he, he isn't required to have a guard, whereas I don't really think Rhaenyra could have refused a guard. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So, so like, I don't think the heir can just always refuse protection. But if you're already Daemon Targaryen and you can defend yourself and you're an adult grown man, like, you just have that ability, I think. And the dude just smacks hands away when they try to help him up. He just, yeah, help doesn't, he yeah. does not, like, any sort of help need any of that. He's, yeah. No. <laughs> well, then that's just like Viserys, right? Yeah. Saying, please don't help me go up yeah. the, the stairs. I got uh, it. Yeah. Um, but also, I think, like, they were talking about this in the, in the, Official House of the Dragon podcast where technically Damon is never formally named heir. It's assumed, right? They don't have like a swearing ceremony. Mm. So is that maybe why? But also technically in a way, if you think about it, he makes his own, makes his own guard and he's like, "Mm, Mm. we're going to overstaff with all these gold cloaks. (laughs) Well, and also what he says to Emma in episode one. What, or what he and Emma speak about when she goes, we have a Viserys or a Visenya. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's all I think about is him being like, yeah. you think to give me a guard, brother? They're weak. Look how fast I am with dark sisters. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's what I think of for sure. That's totally true. Totally accurate. All right. Now a word from our sponsor, NordVPN. Have you ever paid a lot for a flight to discover that if you lived somewhere else and bought the ticket there, you could have paid less? And I mean from the same departure and arrival places. That's what they do to you these days. Almost every airline will track where you're at and bump the price up based on certain factors that they've tracked about you. It sucks, <laughs> but this is the reality we live in these days. It's not necessarily the government watching you. It's these individual corporations. Well, maybe the government's watching <laughs> you too, but I'm not about to talk about that right now because I'm talking about saving money. Because <laughs> avoiding the government, I don't, I, I don't have an answer for you on that one. I'm talking about just like being able to use your own devices without being hassled or interfered with. Using a VPN can free you from things like throttling. Did you know that? I didn't know that until recently. Yeah, I didn't know. I that. didn't know that. That's really good to know. They yeah. can target you based on who, what type of user they think you are, and they'll throttle you if you're a private user. But this turns that off, that. and it's completely 100% legal. There is the only places VPNs are illegal are China, 
Iraq, North Korea, and Belarus. Those are the only oh, four countries okay. in the world where a VPN is illegal. So, yeah, it's really one of those things where it's, it's what you... Sometimes people think things people do with VPNs that's illegal, but it's not the actual VPN that's illegal. Like if you're downloading, if you're, you know, ripping content off of the internet, like downloading TV shows, that's illegal. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. But the question here, does NordVPN protect us from Laris's rats? <laughs> that is a good question. I think it might. I mean, if it's, if it turns off, it turns your identity out, keeps your identity out of the picture, then how could you know who you are? There's some, they might know someone's watching, but they wouldn't know it's you. So another use for it is, for example, we can you also can- uh, bypass uh, certain uh, region locks yeah. without saying more there. Yeah. You can yeah. bypass yeah, you can- region locks. I need this. <laughs> what, no, once- actually, no, uh, for actually. Real. <laughs> for real, for real. Like there is, uh, you, for example, you can sign up for Netflix yeah. cheaper. You can go, you can log into oh. this, turn on NordVPN, turn on NordVPN, which was like two clicks to turn it on, by the way. Pick a location, or say pick Mexico, and then buy a Netflix account through Mexico. And yeah. you now have to sign up through Netflix through Mexico for less than it costs to sign up through the US. <laughs> and that right there pays for one month. NordVPN is like a cost of a cup of coffee per month. <laughs> He's just selling it real well. I, I know. No, right? For real, I'm like, certain products just sell I'm themselves. Like, <laughs> We're going to switch our VPN. Yeah, I'm canceling my VPN service We're literally about to switch, I think, our VPN right now based on this. This is great. So you're going to get NordVPN.com slash Thrones and you get a big discount and four months for free through us. And obviously it benefits us, too, because then we're like, oh, we had a successful ad campaign. So like, yeah, NordVPN.com slash Thrones. 30 day money back guarantee. This, How long is this promotion? Like, could I start it in like November, right? I or believe do I so. Like, yeah. Do it now. I like, believe yeah. it's I good. We'll at least have it for at least November. a month. We'll have it for at least a month. Yeah. yeah. I think awesome. it's at least okay, good through cool. November. And yeah, they're the fastest in the world, according to the private <laughs> rating s- services. And yeah, some of those things don't work on other VPNs, like the Netflix um, masking. I'm pretty sure d- doesn't work on some certain other VPNs. Maybe some other ones it does, but definitely works on NordVPN. So that's cool. Yeah. So we'll, next time we'll have other things you can use a <laughs> VPN for that are also very relevant <laughs> and useful that will save you money. So in the meantime, like I said, NordVPN.com slash thrones to get that sign up and, uh, start saving some money and browsing faster. All right. Let's get back to it. There's a trailer shot. This is one of the most confusing moments in the trailer for me. 33 seconds in, there's some, like, cliff face. This is one of the few moments where I'm like, maybe this isn't King's Landing, but but it probably is. It's just, maybe this is, like, off to the, near the seashore, like, where Littlefinger and, and Sansa escaped after the Purple Wedding, something like that, maybe. But, uh, yeah, who do we think this is? Is it to one me, of the twins? I think that, um, and this is, like, it's going to be really hard for you to see if anyone else is looking on the screen right now, but I see a a little fig a figure with silver hair on the ground and a person in a cloak jumping oh. down i think that this is going to be eric and Ra- and rainy's escaping together that's my theory and yeah it's a big stretch because like i mean i can see it here clearly and so hopefully if you're watching you can kind of see an outline of a person down below with silver hair yeah, it's really hard to see um, but, yeah. <laughs> but i can see it so and there is a cloaked figure so that's my theory is that rainy's and eric both have to get out of there and i'm yes. i i'm still hoping to see rainy's Dragon Maylis at some point, but like, yeah. Yeah. up close. Yeah. Yeah. Is Rainy's, is Maylis around? Is Rainy's going to escape on Maylis? That's my hope. Yeah. More on Rainy's at the end yeah. because she is, we have a section on her and we're very curious because mm-hmm. she's not a part of this in the book. She's yeah. not at King's Landing during yeah. this. So yeah. we're really curious what, what her role is going to be because it's not, not easily predictable. Mm-hmm. 
This oh. is a great adaptive choice. And I do have to say, when telling the Eric and Arik apart, yeah. Eric's mustache yeah. points downwards. Arik's curls upwards, yeah. just so you guys know. So <laughs> down, down is Eric. Up is Arik. Yeah, it's a good, Memorize it's, it's a good it. device to remember it, which is that if you picture a twirly up mustache, that's usually the villainous mustache. <laughs> it's associated with being more villainous. That's Arik who's going to be with the green, the bad one. And you can also remember Arik, A for Allison. If that yes. helps oh, you as well, that is good. A for That's Allison perfect. is like I... an up for uh, for evil, and then you just you can see it visually right mm-hmm. here. But I feel like I've finally gotten their names down. <laughs> so for like an A points upwards. Yes. So apparently, a subplot here will be that Aegon s- s- wants to be king s- or doesn't want to be king so badly that he hides from his own coronation or just can't be found Amazing. like it looks so like funny. they're chasing him through the sept like really they're having to actually catch he's like i really don't want this no don't <laughs> crown me don't crown me uh, we're with you Aegon. it's one of the few things i agree with you on like you're you're a crappy dude but you're right that you don't you shouldn't be king <laughs> that's so yeah yeah no, i think that's gonna be an actually very funny scene to I mean, me look at like, chasing him look at this like, is like so... capture I, like, I don't know <laughs> it's, so funny. It's, it's very amusing to me i'm looking forward to capture the Aegon. <laughs> it seems aemond might be involved in helping him because aemond seems to be fighting off one of the the gentlemen in the trailer so i'm almost wondering if aemond's like bro i'm gonna hook you up i don't think you should be king either. maybe because he thinks he should be king he's like yeah because yeah, i should be king instead I don't <laughs> Who does? Like, yeah. a show of hands, everybody. Who does think that Hagen should be king? <laughs> Literally, Hagen's, like, the first to put up his hand of, like, wait, I don't want to be king. Yeah. I do not think I'm qualified. Um, Takes us also back to episode one, where Otto says, the gods have yet to make a, make a man who lacks the patience for absolute power. So once he does become king, he's gonna, it'll just go to his head and he'll, yeah, yeah. absolute power yeah. to drink and sleep around. Robert! Hey, Robert again! Yep, yep. Mm. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, someone also, sorry, made a quick thing of like the 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 people escaping. Who was it? Where where are you, person? Someone pointed out that mm-hmm. oh, another view says could it be Bela? Because also I yeah. Anyway, yeah, oh, we can come back to Bela. that question. Where is where is where Bela? is Moon Dancer? Oh, that's so interesting because Bela was was Rhaenys's ward. So unless. Huh. Unless, Unless they were like, oh, home. well, Bela's marrying Jason, so you're going to go. Oh, like, that would like, make sense if she, she said we're taking the kids. Like, yeah, maybe, go with your dad. Yeah, maybe that was <laughs> the end of yeah. her wardship with Rainey's or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And we knew, no, from, from, from Fire and Blood that Bela was big on sticking with Jace, sticking by his side and upholding yeah. his what he wanted so that that would fit he didn't exactly stick by her side no i'm like i see a lot of people (laughs) shipping jace and bela and i'm like i don't know i mean like it's sweet but like jace isn't really the best betrothed gotta say Uh, it's gotta be a disappointment yeah Yeah, he's gotta do it uh so like bela might be really into jace but uh, jace seems pretty like "Eh, it's fine whatever so sad then she gets with that so sad yeah Yeah, and then she has like her other like yeah it works out for her it works out for her yeah like ultimately it's needed you know you deserve better, though. <laughs> Poor Bela. So in the in the book, when they're looking for Aegon, they don't know where he is in the book either. I don't. There's no evidence he runs away in the book, but he is also yeah. hard. He is hard to find. And they go to Helena first, and she says, "He is not in my bed. You may be sure. Feel free to search beneath the blankets." 
Uh. Beware the beast beneath the blankets. Yeah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Truly, though, beware Aegon. Yeah. For real. For I'd real, forgotten yeah. we gotten some actual sentences from Helena and Fire and Blood. Actually. Yeah, she's like, got a couple you know, lines. A little but... personality there that she might make a little a crack a joke. So there's there's the shot of that you just showed of them ch- one of them chasing Aegon at the Grand Sept, but there's that other really beautiful shot where there's the two of them together at the Sept, look lighting candles and looking at him, and it's very sad knowing what's coming for them. Uh, yeah, they're they're going to be t- turned into kinslayers before right the second before they die, I suppose. Um, Are we see I, Christina K points out something that you brought up as well here is these um, nobody suspects the butterfly reminded them that they found Aegon receiving sexual favors near a fighting ring for kids, which looks <laughs> like they'll be getting we'll be getting something like that. There are trailer shots of some sort of fighting pit. You know, I, I don't. There's no you know girl, but it's just a trailer shot, so maybe there will be. Um, I, I kind of hope we don't get that part, but <laughs> yeah, I kind of like what they've done with not having it as much on screen for us to see. Yeah, you know, terrible behavior. Yeah. Just like yeah. tell us that it happened and show the reaction in the person who has who is affected by it, and instead, um, like with Diana, yeah. prefer that. So there's a line from Fire and Blood that's what sort of brother steals his sister's birthright, which is Aegon's line in the book, and Allison had that line much earlier in the season, which we thought was a pretty cool way to to move that around a little bit. But y'all have pointed out that actually, <laughs> this has happened a lot, hasn't it? Yeah. The, the, the issue is like the dance is just, for me, I, it feels like the culmination of like a powder keg. This is not the first time that succession with female claimants has come up as an issue and the female claimants have threatened multiple people multiple times, right? Like, for example, uh, Reyna, uh, there's another Reyna in the series. We are talking about another Reyna. Different Very Reyna. confusing, the Targaryen family. <laughs> so Reyna, the the daughter of Aenys um, and granddaughter of Aegon the Conqueror, uh, who's wed to Aegon the Uncrowned, that yeah. Reyna, um, was the eldest child of Aenys and therefore could, had a very strong claim as well to the Iron Throne. And technically, and she reminds Jaehaerys of this quite a few times, oh, yeah. that technically the throne is her birthright. And you even have like Arya, whose name is just Air, because she's the heir <laughs> for a lot of people. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, she's made heir. She, she is, and even like Ro- Rogar even says at one point he's like, "We should just crown Arya and be done with it." Um, yeah. and so it comes up a lot, you know. Um, and even during the the Jaehaerys's, like he is like, "Yeah, maybe we should let the brothers steal his eldest child, Daenerys's birthright." They're, yeah, they're kind of like, let the yeah. let the man go first, yeah. unless we don't like the man, yeah. then we'll go to the woman. That's kind of how a lot of them seem to. Yeah, yeah. because the rules are all made up and the points don't yep. effing matter. Like, that's <laughs> the whole point of this and what we're yeah, seeing. Yeah. Like, none of it matters because it, it turns out, and in the book, the series doesn't as well. We don't see that. We don't see how many times he reiterates Rhaenyra's yeah. the heir, right? Like, a lot of us, I think, went into this series wondering how that would play out. But in the show, it's pretty clear mm-hmm. that the series continues to say Rhaenyra is his heir. So why is everyone going... Hmm. So what if she wasn't? <laughs> She's his only child. Who else could succeed him? <laughs> only child. Yeah, in the book, it's more like clear that he's against the talk of bastardy, which isn't quite the same thing as supporting her as heir. It certainly helps. Exactly. Like if she's people think he her kids are bastards, that hurts a lot. But he's more about that than about assuring the succession and all that other stuff. Uh, there's also a line. That apparently Aegon finally comes around when convinced that they're going to kill him otherwise. Not his own family, but that Rhaenyra and Daemon will. And it's Kristen making, being the convincing voice in, in the book, but I'm guessing it won't be here. It might be like Arik or 
maybe maybe it will be Kristen. Maybe when they corral him and, and bring him to the dragon pit and he's still like, I don't want to do it. And then they talk to him, something like that. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind of thinking that like because Aegon clearly doesn't want it. So I don't think he really gives a crap about like whether his family dies because his mom has already told him that especially because Allison mistreats him yeah she much and abuses him, around, him so yeah. yeah maybe he's like i don't care if my mom dies let her <laughs> uh, she smacks me all the time and then if she's gone i can do whatever i want right yeah. like yeah. It, 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 he he clearly kind of wants to do that but um i'm kind of wondering if cole does it like does he not use this tact right like we've seen cole being a pretty terrible dude in terms of the things he says. Like, would he goad Aegon into uh, maybe taking the kingship? A, they could just force him, like, unwillingly just force him, right? Which might be how it goes. But Or could Cole goad him into the kingship by appealing to, like, his sense of, like, masculinity or something? Like, you would let Jace? Like, because we see a rivalry between Jace and... um and and Aegon, um, but you're gonna let him take the throne instead of you, or a bastard, or like what kind of man are you that you like let a woman take your, you know, throne and kind of like negging him into, uh, into point. becoming the king, right? Especially because we see character is such a big driver in the show. Yeah, he, his appeal to his baser instincts, of which he has several. Yeah. That's like most of what drives him. So that's that's a really good point. Yeah, just like hey, you want to do what Jace, you want? You should that, be a king then. That you could kid just, who doesn't have <laughs> to have sex. Yeah. <laughs> That's according uh-huh. to Egan. <laughs> so, yeah, as you pointed out, uh, there's a fight in the streets, and it looks like Eamon fighting one of the Eric or Ark, which is... I, I like your idea of what they might be fighting over, of defending... He's like Eamon trying to keep them from catching Egan to corone him. Mm. To corone him. God, you're like, <laughs> oh, what is up with you in this? this what else? Yeah. Is enough, enough. He's workshopping yeah, what it. He's workshopping it. We should, we should chronicle all of it. Submit all of them to the dictionary. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Like chronicle it? <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, I'm uh, shaking the table. So, yeah, so this is another shot of Eamon. This, what I'm thinking here, Eamon and, and, and Allison embracing. I wonder if this is before, right before he leaves for Storm's End. He's got the 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 more like he's more dressed up here, whereas in the the shots when he's out in the street, he's wearing more like street clothes. So this is a different yeah. outfit, I think. Um, mm. I think <laughs> it's hard to tell for sure because of the cloak. But yeah, like I, it could be before he gets sent to Storm's End, but like it could just be before he goes out on his little mission in the city as well, right? Yeah, like, he could wear something over oh, that. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. He, she could be like, oh, go collect these Kingsguard. They're trying to escape. Go do this for me. Or, you know, like, yeah. there, I, I feel yeah. like there's a number of missions that uh, that Allison could send Aemond on. I even contemplated the idea that it was re- related to the idea of Aegon having a little bastard son that Allison's yeah. like, well, we better have family members go deal with this, not, you know, mm-hmm. someone else. Um, so that it, I have contemplated that being related as well. I do wonder if will that could be Aziz the the end of the episode. The one of the last couple scenes could be her uh, sending him, and yeah. that would do setup oh, to maybe have yeah. Storm's End in the finale. I and think, yeah. someone yeah. cleverly saw in the behind the scenes on the screens during some CGI kind of stuff they mm-hmm. were showing. They saw Aemond in a different setting that was not mm-hmm. King's Landing. Mm-hmm. So it could I. I I think we are. We, I mean, first of all, why do you think we haven't seen dragons up close in a while? <laughs> we got to save some budget, right? yeah, yeah, for big dragon <laughs> stuff. Are we going to get Sunfire? Yeah. Or Maylee, she talked about maybe yeah. Sunfire with his because in the book he circles around three times. 
after being cloned. So uh, two thoughts here. One, um, I note that in this shot um, of Alicent and Amond, this is when Alicent's hair is down. So that does point to this is at the end of the day. um, If we're thinking that, if if we're thinking Alicent starts the day with her hair up and by the end of it, she's taking it down. Whereas I have to admit that it could technically go the other way, that she starts with it down and she puts it up. But that's not my impression. Like That that isn't what I take from it. But I have to acknowledge that like, you could have your hair down and be like, oh, let me put it up now. It could go the other yeah, way. Very violent Beauregard. Yeah, like, but I think she she takes some maid to do yeah. it. Yeah. No, she's not doing her own hair. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm well, no, that. Talia's in the dungeons. Now yeah, she has oh to do her own hair. Oh, stressing she the kids. Has, yeah. She has no maid. So yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, all, that's that's true. Huh. That might actually be a great point. If they've locked up all the servants, Some a lot of things might be like dishes piling up. I can't take my dress off. Who's going to undress me? Where's my food? They already weren't dusting his 40K. She's going to be calling Amen. She's like, Amond, help That's mommy true. take off her dress. Help Rats were just piling up. So there's another shot of Amon sitting by a fireplace, and yeah. this this could be already at Storm's End. It's in that same outfit I think he's wearing when he when he leaves. I have my theory on it though. You think it's something else? Yeah. I think this is Amon watching Helena do needlepoint. That's what I think. That's totally valid Aww. possibility. I, I'm a. I have to admit that I am a Helaman shipper. I'm Helaman. just. I, I know that they're. I'm I know that they're. I know that they're siblings. Okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but like, it's not that. Yeah, I, that's normal now in this show. But like, no, you can't look at like. Here's Helena doing her needlepoint, and she like. Yeah, maybe he's right and, there. And he's just like right off the side, and he's just watching her. That's what yeah. I think. That's really what I think. Aiden was like, she's such a weirdo, and Aemond was like. All women are queens, Aiden. All women are queens. <laughs> it seems a little weird for her to be like in full daylight while there's a fire going right there. Yeah, but that's but that's true. this is the setting. Yeah. Like that's yeah. not it's not weird for this setting. Yeah, just, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm rooting for these Halaman uh, scenes. If, I suppose if it's Storm's yeah. End, it's a bit of a mirror to Damon at Driftmark at the end of episode two when they're like, oh, who's Corley's talking to? Like, if you're a, a book reader, you already know oh, it's Damon. Yeah. We were watching with a yeah. with someone yeah. who was unsullied and they were like, oh, it's Damon. Oh, my God. So this <laughs> would be like, Damon. they wouldn't, that moment wouldn't be as, as like, who is he, like, who is this Baratheon guy? They wouldn't know who that is, but we would, so. M- I need to look at that well. chair deeper, honestly. Ah. Not to be a weirdo, but look at that oh. chair. After this, offline, I'm going to look see, at I'm it and come back to you and look at the Storm's End chairs of what we could see in that scene yeah with Rhaenyra we've already done hair analysis why not chair analysis yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah I have them on screen so anyone can look closely now they are both there interesting uh, so I have a I have a we have, well, a, quick, well, have a quick super chat too oh cool whose cloak game is better Aemon or Damon ooh <laughs> I, I like I like Amond has like his cloak has like a silver chain around the neck right here. Damon's is kind of like a plain black cloak. I think Damon's still a little more inconspicuous because he doesn't have the yeah, eye yeah, patch. Yeah. Like that. It's a little easier. He's hiding his hair color, but you can't hide that eye patch. And that's kind of. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just copying his uncle's dark Kermit, you know? Yes. Like, you know? It's like, who did it first? I love the dark Kermit. It's almost yeah. Halloween. <laughs> well, I had all these fun things to say about. Eric and Arik, but we might have to save a lot of that for later. We're we're we'll running a little short on time, so we'll talk about that some other time. We'll have time to talk about Eric and Arik <laughs> no. later. Uh, we will do. We will say one thing. We at least prepped everyone on how to know who's who. <laughs> I want to point out one yeah. thing. It's yeah. it's kind of neat yeah. because it's in it's a little bit reversed. In the show, we see Eric catching Aegon raping someone, which is like gives you a great reason for why this guy will abandon Aegon as king. Be like, well, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be Kingsguard to the rapist. Meanwhile, in the book, Arik discovers Damon and Rhaenyra hooking up, which 
sets him on a course to stay green, I presumably. So that's kind of a neat, like they yeah. mirror imaged it a bit, which is, well, it's a double mirror, a double reverse mirror. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many mirrors, too many mirrors. I can't yeah. keep track of it all. So. And I will say from the official website, they name him as Aegon II's sworn shield protector. Eric is oh. Aegon II's mm-hmm. sworn protector and shield. Where in the book, Arik is named Rhaenyra's protector when Harwin gets sent home. Yeah. So that's another neat little nod and mirror, right? And it kind of further bonds the tragedy that I'm sure we'll talk more about as you get closer to it someday. Yeah, <laughs> and I noted y'all, one of y'all pointed out the uh, the Arthurian connection here, which is worthwhile to point yes, out. Go ahead. Balan and Balan. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's uh, the Arthurian legend, of course, of Sir Balan and his brother, Balan le Savage, the knight with two swords, their tragic brothers destined to eventually kill each other in battle. And uh, basically, a lady shows up with a magical sword, and she's like, if you can take this out, Balin, it's yours. Only the most virtuous can have it. But he already had a magical sword, so he's being a little greedy. And there was a prophecy made that he who wields these two swords without giving them away, if he keeps both, the man he loves most in the world will bring about his destruction. So by disbelieving this prophecy and keeping both swords, the fate of his brother, Balin, the other one, uh, he... It's sealed, so he fails to recognize his brother in battle and kills him. Oof, nasty, and but wah, very wah. familiar. Yeah, that yeah. does sound very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how they'll do it. It's going to be tragic. It's very epic. It comes up. Brand's second chapter in A Song of Ice and Fire, Eric yeah. and Arker. Oh, yeah, yeah, the first yeah. how, dance mentioned. That's how old this, this legend is. It's George came up with it right away. And, of course, it's mentioned alongside the Dance of the Dragons. Also, Ryan Redwine is mentioned in that quote, too. So we, we've already had his yeah. legend was already kind of passed by the time the show started, uh-huh. but we did at least get to see him. Um, I'm just thinking of now, like, with the two swords, like a uh, Thailand oh, twin yeah. with oh, his, yeah. two balls. Yeah. his two balls. His two balls. His two balls. That's another interesting uh, note, by the way. Thailand is one person. Thailand and, and Jason are one actor playing two roles. This is actually two. These are real twins. 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 Yeah. Elliot and Luke. Uh, Luke Tittensor. Tittensor. Yeah. Yeah. They were both. They were both. Yeah. They were one character in another show. <laughs> there was. They were yeah. both like oh, one no. guy. Yeah, whereas yeah, now they're two. They were in characters. the UK Shameless uh, yeah. as one of the Gallagher, yep. just like Mary um, Kate. <laughs> yes, just oh, like. Yeah. Yeah, just whereas like I had this the, weird moment. The one baby. Where yeah. I was, I was rewatching the um, House the Dragons Built behind the scenes stuff, and I was watching the one for like episode three, and they have the scene with uh, in the behind the scenes with the Lannister family, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's Brett, good old Brett Lannister. There's Jason Lannister. And I'm like, who is this other Lannister guy with them? And I'm like so confused. And like it clicks. I'm like, oh yeah, it's one guy playing Jason in Thailand. That's Thailand. Just those, that's the stand-in that they have to use for him. Yeah. And it threw me off so much. But yeah, it's interesting when they just clearly <laughs> with when there's going to be a fight between two twins, it makes so much more sense to cast two different twins. Whereas if you're yeah, doing yeah. If, if Jason and Thailand are really not together very often, it makes a lot of sense to stick with one actor yeah. there. Yeah, Logi- it's like all come down to logistics. Yeah, in right? the budget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. how are you going to have them yeah. fight each other? If yeah, one person. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> cheaper to have one uh, Lannister twin and and cheaper to have two uh, Cargyle yeah. twins. Basically, weirdly. Yeah. Uh, and of course, let's not forget that uh, Olena's guards are Eric and Arik. Yeah, well. left and right. She calls them left and right. Maybe someone named them out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Who has kind twins? Of ominous. Yeah. Yeah. Who would ever have twins and be like, "Ooh, I know the perfect famous twins to name you after." <laughs> 
I would uh, sadly, I, I I don't know if they're going to have to come to it and battle, but I would love to see that. You know, yeah. like, I think George might do it, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you guys know. think that's those... that's um, like it hasn't been maybe? set up? Yeah, it really maybe. hasn't been set up for them to have a conflict with each other. Dance of the Roses. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could so happen that one of them is set to guard one side of things, Tommen, oh, and yeah. one. A Terrell. I mean, it could be. That's true. That's true. We'll see. We'll see. It, it, it's ominous for sure. But let's talk a little more about Aegon. He's his vibe is definitely Aegon the Fourth. He's Aegon the Unworthier before, or Aegon yeah. the Unworthy before Aegon the Unworthy. It's only because he loses his health declines so severely that he doesn't father even more bastards. I think that that was a good thing for the realm that he got so messed up twice <laughs> that it, it Im- impeded yeah. his progress towards setting up future civil wars. And we, we mostly talked about the child um, in the, that we're yeah, not I sure about. I think there's a good yeah. point that you have here about the age that I'd like you to bring up though. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I just like for me, yeah, as you and I were discussing, right? Like the ages don't really work. Um, because for game and uh, pale hair, is that what we're talking about? For game, yeah, hair. because okay. he, he is supposed to be younger, right, than Aegon the Third. And if we do the Aegon the Third stuff, I feel like part of the characterization of Aegon is shown, like that he's so traumatized that his friend is someone so much younger than him, like this, like child mm. that he hangs out with. Mm. Um, but I don't know. Or is this would know. be older, a little bit older, not a lot older. But as we've seen Aegon recently, Aegon is maybe maybe three, and this kid's maybe five. You know, like. Pretty, like within the, around the same age, yeah, though. yeah, uh, yeah. Hard to tell for this child because I also am not good at telling children's ages. We are not experts uh, yeah. on child development. And if this <laughs> child was like a child of a servant, it probably would have been discovered by now. So this is probably someone from outside the castle, uh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. This is that's mm-hmm. it probably would have come up sooner yeah. than when they were two or three. It didn't have, look like a place in the castle either. It yeah, doesn't no, look like the yeah. dungeons. Yeah, it looks somewhere. Yeah, it just like somewhere lower rent or something. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like he's been <laughs> going down place. to some brothels and sleeping with people, and one of them had a bastard, and no one found out. And yeah, that could be game and pale hair, but it also could just be setting up like, oh, Aegon's having bastards. Like, there's room for that, and like we already addressed, there's room for them to introduce a bastard child but not actually introduce the parents the mothers yeah. or anything like that there's a few ways they could play mm-hmm. it to make it work yeah uh, so we'll they could always do similar and bring it back mm-hmm. i mean we could always hear of the like because i'm i'm wondering if this is going to be a davos situation where they spirit the bastard away Ooh, right and the bastard yeah, gets spirited yeah. away for now because maybe allison wants to An kill him to spare. um yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, Aaron is fair, so spirit him away and he comes back. Maybe they take him with them to Dragonstone to Crown Rainier. Interesting. That's a good uh, idea. And that's when he starts being Aegon III's buddy. We, I was also thinking, yeah. like, they could um, they could use this child and then they decide, let's not do anything, right? In contrast to, mm-hmm. like, Cersei being like, kill all the kids. Kill all the kids. Uh, yeah, yeah, book kill Cersei all the kids. or Shay yeah. Joffrey. It would be a, it yeah, would, that would but be a, instead of that... Yeah. Yeah, that would be and a it good has ramifications yeah. down the line. Like we didn't handle this back then, and now you've got now you have Moon. and Gaiman, and you've mm. got all these other pretenders. Because I really don't want Moon, of, and I don't think they can do Moon of the Three Kings in the background. Like in my opinion, that's a pivotal moment yeah. in the story. Yeah, yeah. I think Ryan um, will give it to us. Ryan, Ryan is a king. Ryan, yeah. I love you, Ryan. <laughs> I, I believe in Ryan Condal. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I still, even with my belief, I still have my doubts because I've learned my lesson. 
Game of Thrones. Like, I mean, you know, I've talked about it before. Like, I there was yeah. no, I, I was so confident that Ariane Martel would be in Game of Thrones. Like, there was zero doubt Same. in my mind. Like, I was like, she's a perfect <laughs> HBO character. I tried. They need it. Yeah. There's like a million reasons why. There was no doubt, and it was so out of left field for me. And so, if I'm like, I don't even feel like Essie and Sylvana and Game of Thrones. Like, I don't feel like they're as is. Like, I feel like they are very essential, to be clear, but not even to the same level I felt that about Ariane. So I have to let mm. myself let myself not get my hopes Don't all up. Like, I really up. want yeah, it. That's smart. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm trying to just be like, it's okay if, if it doesn't happen. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to be upset. I'm just, it's not, You've it might hurt. Yeah, I've been yeah. hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, Protect your heart. Yeah. So like, but I do think it would be a good, I, I like your idea of showing the idea that they don't kill the child, which is kind of mm-hmm. a softening moment for mm-hmm. Alicent in like a scene, like an, an episode where there might be a lot of things to harden people towards Alicent, but it might be if, if she doesn't, if she chooses not to kill the child, then that's a point in her favor, but also something that will come yeah. to bite her later in her ass for like, so like, mm-hmm. I feel like that could be a good choice, but it could also just be that Alicent does order the killing, but it's someone else that mm-hmm. takes the child away. Eric or Arik, whoever goes to see yeah. the child, I'm wondering if they become the Davos and spring them mm-hmm. and yeah. say, Davos we can't just care. kill this kid. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that that's building up to our next topic, but let's, we're not quite done with this one yet. Uh, it's related. Yeah, I'm wondering if Allison is going to fall farther down that slippery slope. If she's trying to minimize the amount of evil she has to do to accomplish what she thinks is right, which means mm-hmm. forcing Diana to have abortion tea or plan plan tea rather than murder her, right? Um, which is apparently what the only two choices she thinks she has are. Mm-hmm. Which also she doesn't doesn't want to be like her enemies. Like she was told by mm-hmm. her father all throughout her life that Rainier is going to kill your children. It's not because she wants to. It's because she has to. So she's like finds herself in the same position where she's like, do I really have to kill these children? But it's one thing to force someone to have to take the forty eight hour pill, the equivalent of that, versus a child who's already three years old. You can't. It's too late to back out of that. It's so different. she yeah. can't cover that up the same way so i wonder if she's gonna yeah like you said is it just she's gonna decide well i do have to kill a child and that's just gonna make her it's just easier to do the first time it gets worse and worse i genuinely hope she does it i really do hope that allison takes a stand and says no i don't want to do that and that again that isn't a good decision for her long term because it does hurt her or whatever but that it's a good moral decision because i i really just it, it's hard. It's hard being on social media and having people hating on one side so heavily. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not my favorite. I like. I, yes, the the the, no. the the groundwork is laid for Aegon to be like this in Fire and Blood. Like all of it's there on the page. Like you could extrapolate yeah. Yeah, that he's yeah. like that, but it still makes it really hard for anyone who wants to be team Allison or team greens to be like, yeah, we're supporting a rapist as king. Like they really don't have a defense there. And I've seen a lot of complaints from people online who wish that it wasn't quite as damning, but I think the black side will do some more damning things uh, eventually. <laughs> Already they have done some pretty terrible yeah. things, oh, admittedly. And like, more to they, come, they've yeah. done some very terrible things, I must say. It's just a little different. It's not quite the same kind of terrible. Once you st- start losing your own children, I think that's when you can go farther. I mean, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that's when even Cersei, like, was bad, but got a lot worse when after she lost a child and then even were like, yeah, once you've experienced that. We're definitely going to see that. Yeah. Rainier <laughs> and Allison will both 
get worse yeah, when yeah. children. Yeah. yeah. Which is understandable. I can't wait. There'll, be, there'll be no defending anyone. That's what yeah, I'm, right? I'm like. They're fighting. And someone who will probably pour a lot of fuel on this fire is Mizaria, the Ooh, white worm. My love. I cannot wait. I still don't know what she's doing. But God, it's interesting. What is it is she doing? interesting. What is she doing? Okay, so here's. I think they're going to pile a lot of this crap on her. Like yeah. She's going to be the crime lord secretly. A lot wow. of uh, messing around oh, with people's Lord. emotions and, you know, opposite Larry's. Oh. Yeah, opposite Larry. Or maybe they'll work together. Oh. I really wonder if they'll work together at all. If they sell secrets to each other or anything like that. And that's what's something I'm really curious about. At first, I was like, oh, I wonder who she's talking to in the scene. And then we figured it out. It's Eric. She's talking to Eric. Interesting, interesting. Pull it up. We can yeah. see it on the screen. It's she's, Eric is mm-hmm, facing her. Mm-hmm. It's like the exact opposite image here of him facing next to her. There there. Look at that. There we go. It's like you get the same. in the some shot sort of, of all the people in the, the thing. Yeah, some sort of rooftop or some sort of bar. You, you all pointed out it was like a rooftop bar, maybe? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just like making that joke. Yeah. I just like rooftop bars. That's it. That's just it, a neat thing. It, it might be. It's definitely some sort of <laughs> outdoor no, I'm guessing thing. that it might be something like Mazari is telling Eric, like, hey, Aegon's had a bastard with one of my ladies. Yeah. Or just uh, telling her where he's hiding. Like, oh, I know yeah. where he is. Uh, yeah, something like that. He's but, at this fighting pit. It, you know, comes something simple like that, or how to get out. Like maybe she's he's like, I want to get out of the city. Yeah, you know, with my uh. with this blonde haired kid. You know, I need help escaping. Yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. It's, yeah, it's really cool. You're right. There is a lot of possibilities for her to do even some good. Not necessarily. Like, yeah, she's yeah. doing. She's 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 supporting chaos. Uh, to <laughs> right there, but uh, I there is room for her to not just be doing bad things uh, surreptitiously and connivingly. Like she can be doing things like helping a child escape uh, from being killed. Like yeah, said. someone that like had uh, a similar upbringing to her. Like someone, yeah, she's someone she has a soft spot for like I, this was this was me when i was that age or something like that you know um yeah but it's super compelling like i really wonder what they're doing here do you think maybe she's uh still working with Otto? she worked with Otto really early on i wonder if that's back in play now that he's hand again any, any thoughts on that i think that's more like commission based right like yeah. that's what she needed a quick buck because i don't yeah. think that she, i mean one thing about these alliances and it is very various and little finger and some of those different machinations we see they aren't loyal to one person they never yeah. are they're always changing so maybe mazaria's game will be 4d chess for a little bit mm, yeah yeah i don't know because like uh it depends on the timing of things because we see someone who has a mustache maybe and mm-hmm. auto's like go handle this i don't know quietly or i'm i'm totally butchering the line yeah but i think that was Arik. yeah if oh, okay maybe you think it was Arik? It looked like Arik. him. Yeah, also, I, I feel like Arik they has both his look hair like each down other. More, That's why it right? could look like him. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He is the good one. As someone pointed out earlier in chat, one of our friends pointed out, he is for Eliana. So that's uh, how you know it's the good one. They've <laughs> also got slightly different uh, cloak colors, like you can yes. tell. So there's a, little, there's a couple there's yeah. a couple other differences yeah. there. Like I'll put on the screen here. So he's the good uh, one. My initials are AAA, you know. <laughs> so oh, I'm very so evil. Is the bad one. Interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to find out more about what Mazaria is up to I think I hope that by the end of this episode especially we'll have a better grip on her character Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I agree I I hope so I'm cosplaying her at at, a con next year white cloak and the white worm so like I'm I'm, like rooting to to see all the rest of her outfits I was happy to see her in a new outfit this Mm -hmm. time with her hair up but I don't know if I want to do the big green yeah 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 she was in like a blue green that cloak was gorgeous Um, yeah very lovely lovely um yeah but yeah, I'm not sure yeah. if I want to do her snooky hair, her like, you know, New Jersey, like bumping. Her beehive. Yeah, her beehive. I'm not sure she's, about that well, one. Well, maybe she's friends with Rainies now, oh and Rainies taught her how to do her hair. Oh, yeah, that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> 
So we Christina K noticed that that it might be a satchel over Eric's shoulder, the person jumping over that cliff or whatever that is that's happening in that moment. This very good chance that's the crown because we know Eric steals Viserys's crown to give to Rhaenyra. So. And we see the crown in the trailer. Of yeah. Course. Or I guess it wouldn't be Eric in the book. It's Stefan Darklin. But it's and we see the other crown. My difference. bad. We see we see that yeah. we see the fact that they're not using Viserys's crown to yeah. uh, crown Aegon, which is a great segue to the coronation. Itself, we have Otto standing in front of the Iron Throne, kind of awkwardly. Like the the mood is like, what's going on here? Everybody's kind of uncomfortable, which is presumably him kind of making some sort of announcement. There's a trailer shot of gold cloaks kind of hurting people, like through the streets, as if it's like making them go to the coronation. <laughs> yeah, gold cloaks hurt. Oh, I, oh, hurting, hurting. I yeah. Hurting oh people. yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Be hurting them a little. But yeah, bit. but yeah, it's kind of forceful. So there's a line here. Uh, Grandmaster Munkin, drawing upon Orwile, tells us that more than a hundred thousand small folk jammed into this dragon pit. Their cheers so loud that they shook the very walls. Whilst Mushroom says the stone benches were half filled. Oh, what a what another modern comparison we can make. Lying about the size of your inauguration is it? <laughs> <laughs> that killed me. I literally all we. I was like, how Trumpian is this? They straight up coerced and forced people and they herded people. And earlier, Eliana and I were talking and she's like, oh, Chloe, you like shepherded? Like, those shepherds? Yeah. Oh. Because, because the shepherd comes in. The yeah. I mean, they're being mistreated nice. by their current king. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, you can see why they're going to turn to being shepherded instead. Wow. Prophets fighting each other. We got prophet. We got a prophet yeah. on the greens. Prophet. Yeah. Independent. A good, simple example of the sources disagreeing on something that's very different. Like, you would think that there would be evidence of a difference of something like 40 to 50,000 people, but that's in an era where there's no photographs. Like, it is just hearsay. That's true. So, again, fact check. Yeah. It's really, really interesting to, to see these things in a non, in a low tech environment or a no tech environment, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a line, there's a great shot of guards inside. The dragon pit with their weapons yeah, uh, crossed. This is uh, presumably Egon will walk under this um, so, okay, thing. <laughs> and I had a funny story to share about this thing, which is that you see the... how that all the guards with their swords crossed above them, like you see right there. Uh, when we went to um, a, an event with George at um, Castle Ward in Ireland, right, in 2019, and they did that exact thing where George walked through the group and they all, everyone had a sword, like everyone including there, us, yeah, including us, we swords. all had a plastic sword, like they gave them out and we all did that thing Amazing. where we make the tower and then George walks through it. And so and this I was guess the that's set, the This thing. was on the set of Winterfell. Yeah, on the Winterfell set. So I, I didn't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that's a real world thing that you put your swords all together and then someone walks yeah. through. Anyways, mm. random uh, thing. Amazing. It looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so certainly George has, has had it happen to him. So, well. So the, when you do the parachute, that's a great oh, idea. Yeah. I was like, yeah, mouse. <laughs> this is kind of like that. You're totally right. <laughs> is it? I don't know. And Sounds I, just as fun. <laughs> as you hear, Dean Brown points out, are those Valyrian runes on the dragon print? Yes, those are. Some mm. people have already started translating them a little bit, but I'm sure we'll get a, a definitive Ooh. answer pretty quickly. So, Big but yeah, there's definitely like here. the glyphs for like world are in there, for example. Dragons are us. Yeah. Uh, oh, or, or, sorry, I dragons are are us in this case. Um, oh, oh, of course. Every week, I always make sure to refresh and check David Peterson's archive of yeah. our own that he's doing. He's posting them every week, yeah, and I've been so trying cool. to make it a habit. Yeah, that's yeah, like, I really, really like cool that he's posting that on a, like, our archive of our own is a fan fiction right. website, and it's like, he's 
doing chapter by chapter, episode by episode, just the translation. So yeah, you can find that on his uh, AO3, which is a fun thing to say. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, he might provide some soon. You yeah. hear that phrase? Some people are built differently. Yeah, David J. Peterson is built differently. <laughs> he is just a different yeah. sort of man in a good way. Of course, I mean that entirely complimentary. He is a great mm. person. So. Mm. We also have this interesting shot of Aemon kind of staring at Aegon during the coronation. Like, that is not a happy look. That's not a good job, brother. You know, that is like, maybe, I picture like Damon looking at his brother that way when he was yeah. being, when he was getting his grace. Like, brother, I will defend you, but also I don't like you and I oh. think you're weak. You know, that kind of thing. He's like, only, but only I get to say that. That kind of thing. Like, he's my no, whipping boy. Dude. I don't know. How do you guys read this look? Maybe he's like, he's also, a, although he's standing next to Helena, Aemon is. Oh, yeah. I didn't that's realize her. that. That's you're totally right. right. There, there she is. I can't yep, wait to see her coronation her. gown. I didn't that. Good point. Aww. What do y'all, what do y'all read from this? This this look, anything? Yeah. Is Aemond jealous? Does Aemond want to be king? Is he just like, ugh, my brother? I don't know. I don't know because now that you've pointed out, like, uh, uh of him, I forgot. There was something you said just now that made me think of the parallels between the Viserys, uh, Aemond Viserys and, and Aegon. Yeah, and then yeah, also Viserys and Daemon's uh relationship, and Aemond just kind of being a Daemon role and maybe supporting that. I don't know, hmm. but also I don't know. They don't have a great relationship. Yeah, yeah. He, he might. He might just be. I, I like someone in the chat. Uh, Dan, Dean Brown said, "This that's Amon's don't f this up look," and it could just be him. Like <laughs> he was just so drunk and like just, just, just wobbling it together or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm king. Yeah. yeah, seven kings, eight. How many kingdoms are there? Yeah, that might just be his. his, his <laughs> it might just be his judgmental yeah. look and not his envious or jealous look necessarily. But I have to. I don't know. I my read on it is that like. Aemon isn't the kind, he isn't trying to be king in that he's like, let me kill my brother. I really, really, really want to be king. But then Aemon is like, boy, it would be nice if I was the king and I was married to Helena and like, it would be better and I hadn't lost my eye. Like, I, I, I get the impression that Aemon probably has like, some thoughts about how his life could have gone or, or something. I mean, he probably is just like, I have Vagar. Things are good enough for me. I have a better seat than the Iron Throne right now in Vagar. Like, that might be his perspective too. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I wonder if it'll. I wonder if they'll maintain the actual crownings. Like Kristen Cole puts the crown on his head in the book, and yeah. and, and, and Al, isn't it Allison? I think you. Yeah, yeah, y'all yep. wrote in the notes. Your Allison crowns Helena. Well, yeah, they'll do it that way. Maybe it'll mm. be a little different. That's a, something. That's a small enough thing they could change it. But I mean, Kristen Cole hasn't been Lord Commander for two decades, so that yeah. would be. He would. Yeah. That would be a little strange, maybe, to do it here. But it, like, it still could. Yeah, it wouldn't be as meaningful. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, especially with his role in making the crowning happen that day is uh, probably what I expect point. we'll see, right? I mean, he is the kingmaker. Yeah. <laughs> that's his title. That would yeah, actually he is the kingmaker. Yeah. Not I think that's him. important. Yeah. Yeah, they got to keep that. Yeah. Keep now, that. and Helena, Alicent crowning Helena is also something so sad because it's not unlike her own version of the prophecy to pass down saying, now you will do as I did. Mm -hmm. You will do your duty. Here's your crown. Because the way she, in the books, it's worded. It's like, she, she says it almost you know, not sadly necessarily, but sympathetically, you know, like just like my queen and she pats her and puts the crown on her. And in my head, I just see that so sad. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. what is yeah. it, Eliana, our favorite to crown them is to kill oh, them. To crown them is to kill them. Yeah. yeah, that's what really kills them, you know? Yeah. Like that, and that's, that line starts coming up around the time that we get the backstory about Kristen Cole, right? In uh, Feast for Crows, they start busting that line out. I wonder if we do get another prophecy during the coronation, though. What if she just Ooh, says something weird? She's going to drop some bars next episode. I feel it. <laughs> yeah, I love people calling it like her dropping bars. She is. She's mm. always dropping bars on them. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, that's a really good point about Tyrion and Illyrio's conversation about the, the coin on one side is the death's head, is the skull on the other side, is the crown, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's the same. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a great point. So I wanted to point out also there was a moment from um, the previous episode that wasn't subtitled, but that if you have headphones on, you can hear a little snippet of a conversation between Aegon and Aemond at the dinner table uh, uh, that yeah, I wanted yeah, to yeah. read. Um, originally, someone, like, I'd seen people who thought it was a, them talking about a Helena thing, but that was um, not not the case but this is what they say and it's a little bit of a glimpse at their dynamic um Aemond says you drink too much and Aegon says you do not drink enough <laughs> and Aemond says you drink more than a bravosi sea lord and Aegon says I drink just the right amount <laughs> so like shows a little bit of Aemond you know this is very similar to the guy who inherited Genghis Khan's crown, like the first of his sons was, I think, mm-hmm. Ogadai, and he drank too much. He drank a lot. And so all his brothers got together and oh, like, bro, you're not allowed, you shouldn't drink this much anymore. And they, they made him agree to only have one cup of wine a day. So was it a big cup? Yes. Yeah. He got a giant cup. Yeah. <laughs> he got around the rule, but he got, he had himself made a humongous <laughs> cup and just laughed at his brothers and they were like, dude, you uh, suck. <laughs> Ogadai, Aegon, they're, they're the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> inheriting uh, inheriting after all this stuff anyway yeah so those are really good takes y'all about the uh, the crowning and, and uh, what it means to them I, I think as well when y'all wrote a note here this would be a really good spot for Helena to utter a quick prophecy a one line or two line yeah, yeah, right yeah. during the coronation yeah yeah something like fun. something like crown them fun. to kill them even would be pretty or appropriate she's sewing yeah yeah. She hasn't said anything about herself that we know of. Pretty much everything we've seen so far yeah. it seems to be she's commenting on other people's futures. Yeah, unless you believe the beast beneath the boards yeah, relates that, to blood and cheese, which I, you know, possible, is, is, is possible yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, we're, we're kind yeah. of off that idea. Like, uh, I, I think Aziz and I both lean towards it not referring to blood and cheese. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two on the nose. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I, I think so. I really do like um, the, the scorpion um beast beneath the board you know i like the idea of that a lot because it relates to who she's talking to she's talking to jace right there um and there's also kind of a sadness if it's not if when you pointed out right like she hasn't said anything about herself even with this power she never gets the information she needs to protect her family Mm. like what what good is this sort of protect the ones you love yeah well said well said good said also, I see some great notes here from y'all on the the crowning symbolism and just the taking it back to Viserys' dream and how this relates to that. Uh, we actually do have a shot from the preseason trailer. I think it was in the whatever that thing was called, the Today's Yet to Come or whatever the that weeks the weeks ahead, ahead yeah. where they showed Eric oh, yes, holding yes. Viserys' crown and like offering yes. it, which is pretty clearly the scene where he gives it to Rhaenyra, most likely in episode 10. Uh, maybe it's right at the end of episode nine or something. They show that just as like mm-hmm. a coda or something. But yeah, uh, tell us all how y'all think this relates to Viserys' dream. This is a really interesting uh, take you have here. I really love the crowns. First of all, we get that shot of Aegon the Conqueror's crown. I know we're curious about the rubies. What's going on? Where's those rubies? Maybe they're being reset you know, for the coronation. But we do get a shot of this crown. It is the Conqueror crown, which does connect to, in my opinion, Aegon, the Conqueror Babe, as he's called <laughs> in the second of his name. Um, there's been a lot of back and forth about Alicent and the prophecy, but back in episode three in front of the flames, Viserys tells Alicent 
When Rhaenyra was a child, I saw it in a dream as vivid as these flames, a male babe born to me wearing the conqueror's crown. And I so wanted it to be true, to be a dreamer myself. Uh, and continues on. And Alicent hears that and she's like, sure, whatever you say, Viserys, whatever you're saying, I believe you. <laughs> it makes sense to me. Uh, but then on his deathbed, he actually pulls kind of an Aegon four in some ways, right? And he's like, no, Aegon song, he's the true heir is what Alicent hears. But it kind of was pre, like it was followed up 16 years ago with this thought that he had a vision of Aegon, of a boy being born with Aegon's crown on his head. So here putting that crown on his head and he's been called the conqueror babe and he's they're so trying to put this symbol of legitimacy not unlike Aegon's uh Ag the new Aegon that we have in the main yeah. series Aegon right Six. with Danny with all of the trappings of powers and the true legitimacy he'll have Blackfire as the book says he will have the crown uh, and that symbolism and is penis. so important and the penis and <laughs> so important to these people, right? To have those symbols to protect them where Rhaenyra will get Jaehaerys's crown, the good old king's crown, her father's crown, Viserys, mm -hmm. which they kind of represent a golden era, right? An era where Westeros mm. was changing for the better and almost had made some progress from what it once was. And they'd sewn it all back together. And while they bled inside, right? Jaehaerys and Alysanne had a horrible turmoil in their family while they bled within the realm was prospering and that's a great symbol of legitimacy for Rhaenyra of what she wants to be as a queen maybe not necessarily what she'll become thanks to these to the war. horses yeah to the war thanks to the war. and the trauma <laughs> do you think that right uh Aegon's lovers ever be like oh Aegon the conqueror babe no Aegon. <laughs> the conqueror babe, conqueror babe. Conqueror babe. <laughs> You conquer me, babe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Ugh, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> well said, <laughs> Chloe. That was really good. Um, so, yeah, I also I also kind of wonder as well. Um, well, not wonder as well. I just wanted to point out just for fun that in that scene where Viserys is lamenting in front of the flames and talking about his dream and he puts his hand on Alicent's belly as he's weeping at the end. That's little Helena in there talking about a yeah. dreamer. She's yes. <gasps> Oh, yeah, uh, he, she, he, she yeah, was like eight or nine months yeah, pregnant with Elena. That's pretty crazy. cool. Yeah. yeah, soaking it all in in the yep. womb. Little, yeah, yeah, she was getting it. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was so. listening through the through the womb there. <laughs> so let's to our last subtopic for the day. Is the best. Long may she reigns. <laughs> she never got to sit the throne, but she's the queen Aww. of many of our hearts. Eve Best's reigns has been excellent. Her role is probably larger yeah. in the show than the books. Certainly in this phase of the story, because she doesn't have any role at this part in the book at all. Meaning the coronation yeah. of Aegon the Second, but she is here present, and I really wonder what she's going to do. So, real wild card here. Um, I, I think there's wild a card. wild card. Yeah, <laughs> she's a lot more capable than Charlie, though. So, but there's a shot where she's like trying to open a door and it won't open, which presumably means she's been locked in her chamber. She looks like she's in her pajamas, so she's yeah. like, "This is probably like they locked her door in the middle of the night when they discovered Viserys was dead." What they may not realize is this: this. Red Keep is full of secret doors. I don't know if she knows about any of them, but that would be pretty funny if she's like, well, I'll just use this secret door over here. Then <laughs> you fools, <laughs> you forgot about the secret passageway. But uh, assuming she doesn't know about that, I have no idea how this is going to happen. Like we talked earlier about Kristen Cole sent to round up all the black supporters and get their obedience. That they clearly, if that happens, they have to know she's one of those. She's a dragon rider. She's married to Corlys. She's admitted, she uh, like, Agreed to the marriage of her yeah. uh, niece, her uh, grandchildren to Jason Luke. 
Yeah, technically, she to be clear, well, she, she didn't need to agree to it because it's not her permission to give. Just to be clear, Rainey's. Uh, it was more that they were using those two girls as bargaining chips yes. with Rainey's, not that she gave her permission exactly. Um, but, it appears she gave it. Yeah, but yes, but if whereas if it had been if Viserys had died and Rainey's had not. Uh, said that she was down for that marriage, they might have been like, oh, well, maybe Rainey's would side with us. Like, they might not have known for sure, but I think at this point, they should know that Rainey's is, in fact, backing them. But even so, they might wonder, because of the Lenor, uh, you know, mm-hmm. issue, they might think, well, maybe she can be turned, because if we play up on the fact that they killed her son, presumably, like, that, I, I, I feel like that's the sort of thing that any of the Greens would question why Rainey's would side with the killers of her son yeah yeah that is that is a little tricky uh, let me throw one more comment in here before i turn it over to you guys to get your take on this there's this famous line that we've been hearing since before the season started uh that we didn't necessarily know who it was when we first heard it but we do now it's rainy saying have you never imagined yourself on the iron throne it was a great line we apparently it's spoken to alicent which is like yeah that's really interesting so we know she's getting involved she's using a little psychological warfare we know she, here we know she doesn't just escape her room and leave like she has a yeah. scene where she interacts with ever with the greens so way. yeah and, and maybe that's related to alicent's reluctance we saw how alicent's reluctant to do some of these things like she's like i don't really want to do this drift mark thing i mean she she goes forward with it but she, she expresses her reluctance maybe maybe rainy senses that reluctance I don't know. What do y'all think about all this? Tell us what your take is here. Yeah, she definitely is reluctant, it seems. And I think that there's something great that they're finally giving Rainey's a little something to chew off in these scenes. And Eve Best is amazing. Mm -hmm. I love Nurse Jackie. If you haven't watched Nurse Jackie, you all have to. But her political machinations, she goes with the side that she sees a providing security and safety Mm -hmm. to her family and kind of the winning side she doesn't want. Luke to be the heir, right? To Driftmark. She wanted Bela to be the yeah. heir because, you know, her husband to stand the hell up and prove <laughs> he's a real feminist. <laughs> and a <laughs> real ally, Corlys, what is up with that? But she still bets on the side that wins and seeing how they're going to usurp Rhaenyra's claim because Rainey's was Rhaenyra before Rhaenyra was Rhaenyra. Yeah. Rhaenys has gone through it. Jaehaerys was like, Aemon's my heir. It's very important. Aemon's my heir. And then Aemon dies young. Uh, Mirish bloodbath. How about those bolts? Am I right? Oh, yeah. Too soon <laughs> for another heir to be born. Not unlike Viserys' whole life problem here, but the opposite. <laughs> so the line passing from Rainey's uh, gets skipped over. So meanwhile, Rainey's has to watch her aunts, her uncles, her cousins, all of them die, whether from war, inner turmoil, whatever, sadness. And Besides knowing she's ferocious and brave and just, you know, like really not afraid of dying and just like this fearless character, we don't really get any nuance on Rainey's in the book. We don't see how these deaths really do affect her and how she feels. I love seeing uh, Rhaenyra and her have kind of a tension because she's already been there. She's already done this. She has a different worldview because she's been through it all already and her back's against the wall to protect her family. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 a good point, or several good points. They're really a good breakdown of her character and her situation. And yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. We're going to see how this plays out. One here, let me throw another uh, wild card into this scenario before any of the other year two want to weigh in, which is that what if she gets word 
that the sea snake is like recovered during this because we know he's already back mm. on Driftmark. We know that she, yeah. at the beginning of the last episode, she hears, okay, three days he's going to be arriving at Driftmark. And then she immediately goes to King's Landing. So presumably he's already gotten back to Driftmark while all this is happening. So maybe there's word that he's like, hey, he's had an upswing, which could impact like if she thought he was going to die, yeah. that changes a lot of things. But we also yeah. confirm that she's at the Black Council, right? Yeah, she is. What's, what's interesting mm-hmm. to me is that we don't yeah. see, we, uh, in the photo, we don't immediately see Corley's himself. Corley's, like, it's, okay. like, he should be it's easy to spot, to tell. He should be relatively <laughs> easy to spot. Here, I'll just put it on the screen <laughs> no, for everyone to see what we're not, talking about. Few but, people yeah, have you hair can, like that. Yeah. But yeah, you can't see Rhaenys is next to Bela and Rhaenys is in armor. Rhaenyra is crowned and next to Reyna. We've got a few Kingsguard, including um, Eric and I guess Stefan Darkland, who we thought was Harold at first. And, yeah, and then that's and then the, probably that Laura, probably Laurent Marbrand or Laura Marbrand else. or Willis Fell, yeah. yeah. Or- um, but no, it does not look like we see Coralise in the shot and Damon, acro- of course, across the way. Um, but uh, I, it doesn't mean that Coralise is not there and that this, it is a blurry picture. But you guys can yeah. judge for yourself. Yeah. Uh, whether he's awake then. We're looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to look on like our phone. We're like, yeah, like yeah, is no. it? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'll see if he awakens. I'm still rooting for him to awake. Like, oh. It's like he wakes up and the only word he says is Lainor. <laughs> I he love. Wakes up, he's like, his name is Summer. <laughs> I love Rainey's Lady Gwyn cosplay. Yeah. That is amazing. Isn't that so yes. good that she's cosplaying Lady Gwyn from yeah, last year's yeah. 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 Amazing. Interesting. Does, okay, so one last bit about Allison, and this will be our last question for the day, unless there's a question from the just a, chat that I've missed. Super chat or whatever, but yeah. But the question is, what do we think about as a plot device for Allison specifically, not just overall for the succession crisis, but as Allison hearing the deathbed stuff that put, you know, that Viserys thought he was talking to Rhaenyra. She's certainly not reluctant in the sh- in the book to mm-hmm. make all these moves in the show she is and this is this prophecy stuff is a little part of what's pushing her in the other direction it pushes her towards less reluctance does this humanize her does this like take agency away or give it to her i'm curious like how do we see this um in that perspective and how does it maybe speak to events yet to come i see one of y'all made the note about alisanne's law here which is really uh interesting to consider here as well yeah, I thought, for me, it's interesting because I think that they play it a lot of different ways, right? Like, um, and I think that there's a couple of different emotions going on there. And we discussed this in our review of episode eight. And um, it, it does a couple of things, right? There's an aspect in which uh, you're getting a continuation of Al- of Allison as um, being dutiful, right? She's listening she has her own desires um, that we see come forth at the end of that dinner, right? And like what she kind of wants and her relationship um, with Rainier, which I know Chloe will talk about in a bit. So, but there's that aspect in which you stay consistent with um, Allison doing her duty all the time, even if she doesn't want to. And then you also have, uh, um, I mean, yeah, like maybe she is reading a little bit of what she wants to into what's being said from this nonsense as well, because she's kind of like, don't tell me everything that I've been through is for nothing. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, like I must've meant all of this must've meant more than, than nothing to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe it helps yeah. give her certainty and even, that she didn't have. Yeah. Yeah. And even like with what Rainey's might be saying to her before, 
Like, haven't you ever pictured yourself there? Don't you understand mm-hmm. what you're taking away if you do this? And there is something of that, like, you better make it worth it then, huh? If you're going to pull this <laughs> off. That's I really hope by the end of the episode that she is the person driving that. Because also, it's prophecy. What person hasn't made prophecy about them? Like, everybody yeah. that hears a prophecy is like, wow, this must be Not about me. me. <laughs> That's me, boy. I have to do it. Yeah, it's um, the comment that large, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah oh, it's yeah. the comment for sure. And there plays really well emotionally with them that Rhaenyra will return out of that love for her and vice versa, or so she thought, yeah. <laughs> until some variables. And of course, that's probably why there's seven days that she leaves the freaking body out because mm. she's trying to figure out how to A, not get in trouble with her ex-girlfriend, <laughs> right? And then B, I mean, like literally though, it is her BFF and it's like you still have that small, they've come to a better place of healing between them. The problem yeah. is that- all of their kids have not because they have no emotional resources or tools to have done that. And mm-hmm. also they're all little weirdos. Most yeah. of them. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> the biggest problem too, is that they are living in a world where you have a law that Alisan got Jaharis to put into place about the plight of widows throughout the seven kingdoms that basically she learned this by visiting the woman courts that in 52 AC King Jaharis put the widow's law into place reaffirming the right of the eldest son or eldest daughter where there was no son to inherit but requiring said heirs to maintain surviving widows in the same condition they had enjoyed before their husband's death a lord's widow be she a second third or later wife could no longer be driven from his castle nor deprived of her servants clothing or incomes the same law also forbade men from disinheriting their children by a first wife in order to bestow their lands, seat, or property on a later wife or her own children. Boom. So (laughs) they're living in a world where these are the laws they're navigating because this is like, it's chess, it's checkmate, right? Like this is, both of them are in gridlock on this. Like the law completely supports and both tears both of them down because that's the world they live in in Westeros. That's what Westeros is like about. Yeah. Uh, it's, mm. yeah. So Alicent is going to take in, maybe this won't come up probably. I mean, we, we aren't going to hear about this law. But <laughs> if we do, I'm sorry that I said it, Ryan. I believe uh-huh. the whole time. But I doubt this will come up. But I mean, that's really just explaining the dichotomy of the world they live in and how it's against them and that Alicent has to take the only power afforded to her through the only way she can. Yeah. She upholds the system because it is the only in within the system, at least she has power and agency, I guess, over her own life. And it's despicable, but it speaks to, I mean, something that we see a lot, right? Like people uphold terrible systems in order to retain their power. Yep. Yep. That's, and the bigger the power, the more intense it is. And the more, and the, the fewer rules and protections in place, the few, fewer, uh, checks and balances the more it devolves and things like this yeah it's real a real damning statement on monarchies in general uh this one of course is uh particularly huge <laughs> westeros is a va- yeah. rather large continent um all right well let's make our way to the outro in through the outdoor we shall go or out through the indoor mm-hmm. thanks to mick floyd for the super chat says shout out is he so laid back my favorite potter I don't know if I'm always so laid back, but I'm glad I can um, 
Yeah, I don't know if he's always so late. Promote that impression <laughs> to <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a great, a great uh, mask you've put on for I'll the world. Twirl my mustache <laughs> upwards here. Yes. Ah! <laughs> oh, maybe you guys should do that for Halloween. Oh, oh. <laughs> we're going to be Eric be and Eric for Halloween. That's what you're saying. <laughs> oh my God, our names both start with A. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We should have done that. Uh, yeah. It's not too Eric late. Eric is a fun one to do. Yeah, I mean, you I literally because you have to do like you just have to do that like really ugly hairstyle they have where it's like slicked oh down like straight in the middle and then you just give yourself one has a twirly up and one has a down <laughs> amazing <laughs> I, would, I would like to see that yeah, that's hilarious uh. all right so thanks so much girls gone canon for coming on this is really awesome chloe and eliana y'all are uh, amazing at this and i hope that people go to check you out if they haven't already whoever of y'all who aren't yeah. regular listeners of them especially because well, people here you're listening because you like spoilers and they're doing like they said all That's spoiler true. coverage That's so if you point. want really good yeah. spoilery coverage maybe a little sooner than our Saturday streams because mm -hmm. they're releasing earlier you can get a spoilery chat before Saturday perhaps yeah give uh, us another yeah. uh, rundown of what y'all are doing where to find you guys like your social media anything you think is important to convey to people here Absolutely. Swing by Tuesdays. Uh, most of the time they're up in the mornings. Patrons sometimes get them a Monday night for the last couple episodes of series nice. one here. And otherwise, uh, you can find us over at patreon.com slash girls gone canon. Our C A N O N. C A N O N. Yes. <laughs> where our patrons in the stranger tier and above the $5 tier get monthly bonus episodes. We've been doing a series called Mothers of the Dragon or more affectionately known as Milfs of the Dragon. Yeah. That's very important. <laughs> on all of the mothers from Fire and Blood. Uh, and then, of course, our $10 tier, strange or Thunder tier and above, you get lifetime access to our private Discord server. Which is uh, a fun annual time. gift. Yeah, we have a little too much fun sometimes, actually. <laughs> uh, weekly voice chats where we do yeah. a House of the Dragon discussion hosted by our good friend Maddie. And we go through the episode on Fridays at 2 p.m. and just hang out. And yeah. monthly events like brunch slash happy hour. And then otherwise, uh, Fridays, Brand Stark. You know, we're doing nice. brand for now. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Get in on that brand. I like, yeah. I like chatting with Maddie. Maddie's great for leading discussions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's yeah. fun. Yeah, she yeah. cracks me up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she gets bullied a lot. Yeah, no. she's very fiercely team green. Yeah, well, you so gotta have some. Bully her. And I will say that if yeah, you're yeah. listening and Go you're Brian. not on Discord, there's a lot of a Song of Ice and Fire podcasts and communities that are on Discord. We obviously have the History of Westeros Discord. There's Girls Gone Canon. Radio Westeros has one. Uh, Gray Area Can has join one. All. Like, there's a bunch. Yeah, so if you're like, yeah. oh, I don't really know about using Discord, well, maybe it's more worth it to you if you're thinking, oh, I'm gonna join like five or ten communities all at once yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a bunch of great ones there's like some different reddit uh, like the pure asof has a server there's a house of the dragon subreddit has a server there's there's many places to be talking on discord we have unsullied uh, discussion and yeah. solid discussion you know you there's, join, there's different things yeah. you can yeah. join our discord by going to bit bit dot ly slash how discord so if you're not in there this that's your there, there's an easy link for you um and to join some of the other discords you'll have to support them on patreon uh so i hope some of you look into that yeah, and you, yeah. you can find them on all the platforms. You can find us as well, all the great pod platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, you know it. You find them, you find us. We're all in the same yeah. places. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Do you want to put a last plug? If you love watching shows, trying to get everyone to watch His Dark Materials. It's oh, a great yeah. time. You guys and, uh, that. I think the final, mm -hmm. yeah, the final season is uh, this December. 
So we'll be covering that. It's too. a great book you series. Like more HBO yes. shows. Exactly. Yeah, we yeah, did we- the whole series. We've covered the entire main trilogy and all of the novellas as well. So yeah, I'll say, I've I read all of the books and I haven't seen any of the show. Oh, so wow. I'm your target oh, audience. I recommend it. Someone yeah. uh, who Faithful. hasn't been reached. Uh, uh, but if you're saying it's the final season this this uh, December, yep. so the time, yeah, it's, it's, time. Cra- it's time for yeah. me to watch it if I'm going to watch it. In other words, is what you're saying. You have time yeah. to binge it all exactly. Right I do. Uh, December. I mean, you can make a good point. I mean, if it's something that you're into enough that you're covering it, and I. I read the books and liked them, so maybe I will. Maybe I will. Right Very on. Yeah, so if possible. you're a His Dark Materials person, you have a new supply of entertainment coming your way if you haven't already like checked out yeah, Girls Gone Cannon. I feel like if Cannon. you're a His Dark Materials fan, you probably had heard of Girls Gone Cannon yeah. because I don't think there's a ton of podcasts in that uh, I don't know of anyone else covering it. Um, so yeah, yeah, maybe you There are a handful a of good of, ones yeah, that we know. Yeah, okay. there's a couple good ones out there. They've good but, names. Like, yeah, like Her Dark Materials. Yeah, so okay. also had like, a His That's Dark good. Materials handle. Twitagaze. Those are some great There's a great budding community and you would uh, like the puns. I think you'll it, once you get into get Aziz to watch it with you, yeah. drag him in. That would be fun for me to watch it with him. If you I, watch it, I'll I give have, it a shot. I sure. would have a book reader perspective, yeah. and he would have a non book yeah, reader perspective. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I would do, yeah. that. It sounds it's, like it's been a, a long time since I read it. Monday so and Saturday. I would be closer <laughs> to a definitely somewhat unsullied because I remember the first book much more clearly than the next books, but I did read them yeah, all. Yeah, nice. yeah. All right. Well, folks, thanks everyone for coming out. Enjoy episode nine. Can't wait to talk about it with y'all afterwards. But until then, you know what to do. Valar re-read us and Valar re-watch.